show may contain naughty language and explicit content. You have been warned. Welcome to Facehammer, an Age of Sigmar podcast. Bringing you product reviews, news from the UK tournament scene, as well as some pro hobby tips. So stay tuned and get ready for some hammer to your face. Welcome to Facehammer, episode 78. It's me, Rust the Face Veal, and I'm joined by Byron and his one-inch reach ord and uh very special guest james the bone tive tinsdale hello how's it going all right i'm not too bad thanks for coming on again so thanks for having me and have byron this time as well yeah james has been more of a regular host than me for the last couple it's not (laughs) been too bad although terry's missed quite a few uh back to back um so i have to get him on a show soon um i think the last one he did was the silver neff review um but I've just put the ETC show up, so hopefully that's uh, took me a while to edit that one. But there you go. Well, <laughs> it turns out to tangential to rants about the internet aren't a good thing. To... <laughs> <laughs> Is it now ten minutes long? Yes. Uh, no, no. About <laughs> half an hour out is fine. <laughs> how much was oh, me? How much was Terry? Naked. How much was Les? Uh, Terry wasn't on it, so none of it. Of course. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, um, you know, it's good that. Our cutting room floor doesn't get published, I think. So. <laughs> you should do that as a show one time and just put all If your you want to know what it's like, just together. listen to our back catalogue. Plus, <laughs> 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 I wouldn't want to get in that much trouble. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway. So, um, we are here to talk about um, Blackout um, and also eggs so the element games grand slam events uh which use the new general's handbook um scenarios and rules and things like that and we thought wouldn't it be great to get on the winner of blackout so hi james hi <laughs> and where did you finish byron eggs uh, <laughs> somewhere below dan that's all that matters oh. so um you finished the best sports though didn't you byron so oh, yeah. we did for the best sports trophy i uh yeah. Continuing your ETC amazingness. Definitely. I got I got more best sports than I got games won. Woo! Four and one as far as best sports is concerned. That's cool. Yeah, that's- but you took a uh, fruity death list, um, and James, you also were playing in death and figured we'd talk about that because obviously um, some stuff on the internet about death has been that it's been hammered by the handbook. So um, it'd be interesting to talk and get your thoughts as a returning deaf player and also someone who's been dabbling more recently with the uh, the bones and ghosts that uh, are part of that faction. And uh, yeah. It'd be interesting to know. do a show that's not about power lists um, once we've got Blackout yeah. out of the way. Yeah. Well, even then I'd argue that maybe Blackout's not about a power list. So um, what did you what did you take, James? Just took my Namati Corpse Deepkin list, which is a Tidecaster, Squire, uh, Arenda, Two times nine eels, two times ten trolls, two times reavers, uh, and then the mighty court battalion. And I purchased CP as well. So it's exactly 2,000 on the nose now in the new world. It used to be less, but obviously with the increase in eels and stuff. So it's still 2,000 points on the nose. Has it basically come out in the wash, though, the points increases and drops? Mm, it has, but now that I have to purchase the CP, means I can't use it. So I quite like to take the Maelstrom to give me extra unbinds against Crystal War or other armies because I only have one from the Tiecaster. 
So I have oh, to really choose between three or four spells. And even though the Maelstrom's only like 20 points, I just don't have it anymore. And I used to like to put it because people forget that it moves. So I used to push it to the board <laughs> and just go, at least they get an unbind attempt every spell, you know, unless yeah. they just done it, of course. So yeah, it's just, I'd like to have it, but obviously, you know, I don't. So Not not enough to change your list or drop the command I point. I can't. You know, because you need that command point, I think, now because I like to have two in turn one for the reason being that I can guarantee both units of eels 20 should I need to. So yeah. there's always that threat of, you know, always that threat of it, at least. Okay, cool. So, um, tried and tested list, I guess? Yeah, I've been, playing, I've been playing many iterations of Deepkin since, probably since Eggs last year, actually. You know, I brought Deepkin to Eggs last year for the first time. Um, obviously, a different variant, added King, some other stuff. I took an uh, Eidolon as well. So I've played many different variants of Deepkin, but I've settled on my Namati Corpse list since Heat 1. Yeah. I haven't really changed it since I won Heat 1, so... And you've um, had some success with it. I mean, like you've done consistently well um, with a book that is is kind of one of the few faction books that hasn't um, bobbled around the meta in terms of power level. It's and not, it's sh- it's pretty not consistent. like land and shaken shaken shit up, has it? It's just been there and present and a consideration. Apart from perhaps at Blood and Glory last year, where I believe like three out of five or four out of the fives scenarios rolled were super aggressive and really favored it and then there, there was like this big this one event where the idnet smashed it and then since then it's kind of just been you and will occasionally taking it and doing well yeah mr barton still has somewhere in his closet my bobo trophy so for best actions <laughs> so I, I really like that back but um no but yeah i think it's only really me and will um the problem with idnet i think i say problem is that there's so many armies to choose from it's hard to settle just on one army. I think some people got caught up in the new releases of Slash Fire Slayers. You know, um, Daughters of Cain are quite prominent. Lots of armies, so lots of AOS 2 releases this year. So I think people are, it, are play a mix. There's not really a lot of people sticking on Ibanef because it's quite an older book. So yeah. there's that factor as well, I think. I think it's quite bizarre because it's only like two years old, one year old. Like it's not that old, yeah, really. But we we, yeah, we think of it as an old book. Summer. It's only been a year. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I remember summer. when um, books were out for like in the old edition, they're out for like seven years before an update. Or, yeah. or the, I think the Wood Elves went twelve years. I think without an update. Wow. And you think now it's like, oh, it's an old book. It's a year old. What an age <laughs> we live in. <laughs> oh, amazing! I love it. Um, it's being, being like Deepkin chat when the points came out with the turtle or the idol, and people didn't uh, think it yeah. down quite enough. And I was like, guys, we've been out for like nine months. Let's just calm down. Like, let's 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 see in another year how it's going. Slowly, surely, and steady. I think is the, uh, yeah. the kind of light light Less touches. We've got to be a little bit careful because if you make something too crazy, you end up with the Saurus gate that we had in the the Wild West days, where everyone was like, oh, Saurus for a point. Oh, it's too much. Just make them half. Let's just fifty percent. Let's just not knock them down by half, and then. Jack turns up with 120 Saurus to the uh, oh. to the Masters with uh, uh, 100 Skinks, Croak, and all the characters, and you're like, oh, great. So, uh, yeah, no one's getting <laughs> through that. <laughs> this is what happens when you give a 50% discount. <laughs> Someone comes along and spams it, you know. Um, but, yeah, so interesting. So do you want to just talk through the theory of the list and how it plays? Because, obviously, the meta's changed around you. Um, but it still remained competitive because you've been using that list for a while. So mm. 
maybe you just give us a bit of an overview how you approach your games or what the key points to play in the list are. Well, just so people don't know James. what Namati Corps are, for example, or what the list does, maybe just give an overview. Are you always going to yeah. take it to Blackout? Was it just like, definitely I'm taking Deep Kid? No. No, I wanted to take my Sanesh, which I was tweeting about. I just didn't get it finished in time. And the reason why that was, I just, I just wanted to play a different army, you know. Um, yeah. But... But Deepkin is my favourite army, so it's my in, in brackets my army. You know, if I if I really want to play an army, I'll, I'll reach for my Deepkin. But because I just love the lore, the characters, the models. I love the models. Um, you know, everyone know everyone knows me. Knows that sharks my favourite animal. I'm very nautical sort of themed. I do. Your love- list is absolutely filled with sharks, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, I have two at home, but <laughs> I was hoping for more reductions, but it wasn't to be. So, but no, so the, so the general strategy going in is I, I, I like my list because it's quite flexible. Um, my Namati can play most scenarios with, um, with not relative ease, but quite, you know, because of the speed of they move six and the movers move eight base, I can be on objectives pretty quick. Um, I have high tide to protect me in turn two if I reverse the tires with the tide caster. So if I lose the roll off, it's not like I'm going to get pummeled by a double turn if I take the first turn. Um, high tide is to go first, right? That's right. So we'll yeah, take two to be at the start of phase now. Yeah. So it used to be you just strike first in the combat phase. But I think with AOS 2 language, post, I think it was post Sheffield Slaughter after I played Ben, um, they introduced the start of the phase now. So it has that wording now. So it matches all the other abilities uh, for the armies. So, which is quite cool because I think we needed that because there was a bit of ambiguity about whether it was strike first at the start or whether it was at the start preceded it. But obviously, all that's cleared up now. So that's quite cool. Um, the threat of the eels, the damage of the eels. You know, I do. It's quite. It is quite refreshing knowing that nine eels basically remove any unit in the game on the charge. Um, Apart from thirty half card berserkers, right? Well, well. Uh, nine, <laughs> nine couldn't do it but me and Richie played a few games but because it's only one block of 30 you know I can send the problem is they spend that CP and just go right but that's a, that's a but I can still strike first in my turn so I can still I can still negate Hermdar with 18 eels they still get the 4 up save but yeah it's, it's, it's not easy but um, yeah that's a tough one for me but it's quite flexible. I play all the scenarios pretty well. Um, it, it it lacks on bravery. It lacks on magic. But what you lose for that, you make up obviously in aggression. The Futan Enclave allows me to be super aggressive. Um, so what does that do, just for people who don't so know? So Futan Enclave allows you to re-roll ones to hit army-wide in Flood Tide, which when you reverse the tides is essentially turns one, three, and five. So that's my Reaver shooting as well. And it also allows my mount attacks to re-roll ones to wound. So with the new command abilities in the GHB, when I'm in high tide, I'm striking first. I can actually spend a command point from my render or whichever hero is closest to my eels to give me threes re-rolling ones and then threes re-rolling ones on basically all my attacks on my eels, which is super consistent when you go in on a, on a high priority target. Because so the one thing about... Better in the new GHB. Those um, command abilities help me because I lose the re-rolls in high tide because I'm striking first, but now I can get them back if I need to. Mm-hmm. So it just makes it even more consistent because the one attack you want from the Morsar Guard, as everyone knows, is the Sphere attack. You know, minus two, two damage, two attacks apiece, three for the Prince. Those need to hit home. If if you roll loads of twos, that is sad times. But for the most part, that they have to hit home because they will, that would delete whatever it is. That's, that's, that's the threat. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think the scenarios they're better in the scenarios, or just the same, or do you think that's changed um, the army at all? No, I don't think so. I think the um, the change is probably to knife to the heart, uh, duality of death. The, now that my battle line can score, because duality of death was a problem in arcane places of power with wizards. That was one of the reasons going to Sheffield Thor that I switched to three heroes uh, and went to two artifacts. So all three of them could score on the objectives, because at the time it was artifacts or wizards only. Um, now, with it being hero, I don't have to worry about that as much. I mean, obviously, it's hard for me to win that mission um, because my three heroes are squishy little six of helps. Um, but duality of death changes really help as well because I, I now that we put you in that box, you know, in each four corners, I can put nine eels on the line. Like I played Savo Blackout in Dry of Death, and you can put nine eels on the line on one box, nine eels on the line on the other box, and they can be in the person's box turn one. So the, your opponent physically can't give you turn one which is a threat in itself. So it's a real strong tool to have as well. Yeah, it is. I mean, what, what are they going to do? Like, they can't give you turn one. They have to go first, but what they're going to do, move forward to make it easier for you? It's a pretty yeah, exactly right. So they, they feel pressured to take the turn, put their buffs up, you know, uh, move in a defensive formation, which they probably don't really want to be in, um, and then and embrace, embrace themselves. And I might not even charge. You know, um, there's plenty of times where I've seen people in defensive formations going, They'll take him another turn to walk or get out of that, so I don't really need yeah. to engage. Um, and because you've got the speed, you don't need to worry. If they can't actually enact on you anyway, you might as well just play cage and go, well, sit in your corner still. Um, yeah, and that, and that is fully the greatest strength of Deepkin. Like, all the Deepkin guys always ask me, what, what's the best thing about the army? The, the speed is off the charts. My throws are six base and I can run. Because remember, Futan allows me to run or shoot and charge, right? So my Reavers can run and shoot or run and charge. And my thralls can run and charge. My eels can run and charge. We move 6, 8, and 14 base. When the scryer comes on from the side edge, he can give plus 3 to a charge. My musician in my eel unit allows me to re-roll the charge should I need to, so I don't need a CP for that. Um, the army is just so fast. I can be anywhere and everywhere all game, so I don't really feel like if I'm on the right flank, taking care of a more question with ethereal amulet or something that needs to be zapped or i need to fold a flank for instance i can be on the other flank to next to like it's not even an issue and yeah. most armies really can't defend against that speed no exactly you know? i think i think some of the things that i see when i play like deepkin players like uh, when i've played them it's like oh they're just gonna push their army into me on turn two and come on from the side and just charge me and push it all into me and that's great the ones that when I played the Deepkin player at the uh, Six Nations, I know it was a standing uh, player, but it was a one of the team's lists. The Scottish coach can't remember his name now. Sorry, um, he he played it like really well. Like he was like, "I'll be here, I'll be there, I'll be cagey, I'll come in on this objective, I'll run away, I'll go to the." And it was just such hard for me to break it down with my slow death army. I just couldn't really leave anything exposed, and I couldn't enact the game. So like wherever well, I put my danger, ethereal dragon, they just went the opposite direction. It was like, oh. Yeah, and and you, you still even have answers to that because you've got the once per game zap from the eels. So if yeah. the thing does have ethereal amulet, you can double charge it. Uh, most of the time, I just charge with nine, zap, which uses about eight to nine mortal wounds. Uh, and then just, event, you know, they will, you know the, the death player will roll some ones and twos. Yeah, you will roll ones and twos, and yeah, that, for sure. Because you, you, you're rolling so many saves from the eels. They put out so much attacks. Um, 
and yeah, it's and at Lazy's list with the king, you can amplify the eels attacks as well. You know, with the king, mm. with the king command ability. So there's a really big, there's many ways to play it, but I think most commonly with deep king players, where most keep king players go three and two or struggle in some areas or don't see the value, is when they get themselves into a bravery problem. And what I mean by that is, if you put nine eels in front of, say, like I did, your army of blood and glory, um, you can absorb the initial hit, but then your magic, your bravery debuffs. All of it comes out, and then all of a sudden your bravery six eels become bravery two. You've lost an eel. You roll a d6 and you lose five eels from Battleshock. Yeah. You know, that's, that's how you can really get at them. And I think a lot of players don't really think about what's coming back at the eels. Like, normally I use my eels, I slam them in and hold your army up for three turns and buy them my elves of one. Um, yeah. my, eels, my eels are all dead at that point, but, you know, it's a, it's, it takes you long enough to get rid of them. Um, it's, and that can be quite, and some armies just can't get out of the way. Yeah. Um, so it's quite, you know, and a lot of armies can do that, but that's quite usually tactic. But yeah, so I, so like for instance, with Mister Watson uh, and other guys at the Heat too, they were like, oh, it's got double turned by death and crushed. I'm like, yeah, because you can't alpha death because of the bravery debuffs. You need to, you, know, you fight them mid board or pull them apart because you've got the speed to wait. You don't have to do it, yeah. you know, in turn one, which I think is always resisting the temptation. You know, just don't alpha turn one all the time because your yeah. opponent is expecting it. I think as well, like people can get into a very formulaic way of playing where they go, my list does this, it comes on from the side and it charges. And, and I know Les is a little bit guilty for this. He gets in his way, like I play the army this way and it almost doesn't matter what the opponent's doing. Um, but sometimes you need to read your opponent and what they're doing in order to adjust your play to be more effective. It's reading yeah, I- that situation and I think, um les les is like eolus for example he pretty much plays it almost the same way i mean forgive me if i'm wrong les but i'm pretty sure that he he's quite aggressive with it and it's the same with his star drake list he was very for formulaic the way he played that army yeah and i've been guilty of it as well it is something to fall into because you do have so much damage but now i'm at a place where there's some games i play where my eels are just screen they don't even charge it's just a case of like i don't need to attack you I can just hold you up and put them in front of my army and block all the objectives if I need to. Like, you know, it's yeah. not always about just, and especially with tournament scene, moving away from kill points as the first tiebreaker. You know, not not to get ahead of the blackout and especially eggs as well. Agendas are now, you know, moving towards first tiebreaker and other elements like that. So it's not, you don't have to delete your opponent's army all the time. No, and that's what we play at uh, Facehammer as well, which I've just done the pack uh finalized pack for that um what i was going to say as well like with um like when you get into that formulaic way of playing um it's very easy what i find is uh, les is quite good at this is he'll play different matchups and then he'll adjust his play based on experience but that means the first time you play something that catches you off guard you normally lose to it and it's been Mm. able to read the nuances in the factions you're playing against so and that's why I think it's important when you play against an army you know very well it's a lot easier than if you're playing a faction you don't play very often and that's why I yeah. think it could be quite good to swap up what you're doing so um, I think the biggest the biggest help for me is when I practiced all last year I practiced against Richie's Silver Death, which is minus one to hit all the time at times minus two and these goblins which are minus two or three so I'm used to playing against stuff I can't charge and kill so I'm yeah. maybe I've got a lot of practice of doing just doing just that, you know, 
moving around the board, taking objectives, pulling not Rich's army, always castle apart. Where he doesn't want to be, um, has to contest objectives with you know in piecemeal. Um, and I think that's really helped me my play in general over the last year, and also my approach to games. You know, as an IDNF player, I don't think I'm like most Deepkin players um, in that regard. I, I do have a lot of more, a lot more composure and discipline in terms of charges. Um, because the last time I did it was good and glory with you. I got me into a lot of trouble. I think I was yeah. tabled by like turn two or three. Um, yeah, but, I think, you know, and I even you know I mean? said to you it was a trap. And you said, I know, I know but, it's a trap, but I'm going to have to do it anyway. I know. And I, I think I had a couple of beers. I just thought, no, I'm just going to kill everything. And you can fall into that trap of, you know, you just believe you're going to kill everything and then you don't. So, yeah, you learn the hard way. And I, I, but it's important to learn from losses as well, like in every game. I don't think people take a long enough time to think about the losses. They'll either blame dice or not really look at it too hard. But there's a lot to learn when you lose. And I think, because I remember I've lost a lot of games with Deepkin along the way. I know I, I, I rarely lose with them now, but that's come from a place of losses before. You know, I've not always yeah. been that way. Um, what I, would, so, I think it's important as well is to enjoy the losses. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I, because, I cause like, because actually, like... <clears throat> A, losing a game is an opportunity to learn and improve. Whereas if you go into a game and you just smash someone, like it's just not. It doesn't really. It does. I I really like games that challenge me. Journey over destination. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Let's let's quote some more. What's the next? What's the other one that he says? It's, it's uh, <laughs> I hope we'll fight to protect those who cannot protect themselves. Is that one of them? I don't is, know. That, is that you uh, protecting your little Namati corpse at the back yeah. of your heels? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, they're, they're my game winners. Everyone tells me Reavers suck. Uh, and people, even if you can chat and everything, always telling me, well, how, you know, well, how am I using Reavers? They've used them. But I'm like, guys, I've played a lot of games with my Reavers. And they have been tabled. They have been smashed. They have been spelled off. And now I'm in a place where I'm really comfortable with my play with them. But that's from learning from all the times where they've just been absolutely eradicated, yeah, you know, um, and learning the hard way. But it's making sure that you learn that. And I think that's the difference between a 5-0 and o player and a 3-2 and two maybe, is learning from the losses. Because mm. you, don't, you don't just go 5-0 and o overnight. You know, it takes no. a long time. And then the people that get there who consistently remain at 5-0, and 4-1 are players that learn mm. from mistakes or losses. Um, and, and, you, and you see it in all players. Yeah, and I think it's great that you, you know. Obviously, you've you've got Richie as someone to play against locally. That's mm. um, obviously a top player as well, which allows allows you to constantly improve. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I saw I saw a tweet from somebody. Who, unfortunately, I think they said they refunded their face hammer ticket because they they keep losing and they keep finishing bottom and oh, they're I saw getting that. down was, about that. And I'm like. Ex. Yeah, and I'm really like, I really wish I could, <laughs> they would come to Face Hammer and, you know, I could talk to them a little bit about actually, you know, it, it don't don't see that as a negative thing. Like, I remember the first yeah. tournament I went to and I got absolutely smashed about the table and I played like some of the names back in the day, like, you know, like Keith Wilkinson and Ben Johnson and they just completely outplayed me. And, and like, you know, for me, that gave me the determination to go away and then think, what, how did, you know, the stuff they did, I never even thought of doing. And I just adapted yeah. it and took it into my own play. And then over the years, I mean, I didn't, I didn't win tournaments. I t it took me years to get anywhere near the podium. I'd say that, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you, comes with practice, comes with time. But it's again, like what 
what Byron said to quote one of our favourite authors is to is the journey before the destination is to yeah. learn every and enjoy the is, experience. Yeah, every event is an opportunity to learn more for the next event, and obviously it's lovely to win. Um, but if your objective is to learn, then you can't ever come away from an event unhappy either, which is a really no. nice way to look. It's like, cool, I got smashed. I have got like literally like hours of sitting at home thinking time about, oh, what if I'd done this? What if I did that? I was at like, I was using best case scenario thinking there that wasn't realistic or why didn't I give myself a back out thing or actually those odds weren't that good. Whatever it is, you're, you're coming away and you've got just endless fuel to make sure next time you go back, you're better. Yeah, I think that's a big message as well in that thread. And it's good to see from all the community guys um, commenting in that guy's thread as well, giving him good support because I got smashed. You know, I said this on the last show when I played Les at the Heat. You know, that was the first time I played against a real competitive list and I got absolutely annihilated. You know what I mean? Absolutely crushed. Um, But it was amazing. But I always think the attitude should be you should never be, never go into a game of Warhammer worried about losing. You know what I mean? You should just have to think, or, or expecting to win, is this, you should always think there's a path to victory, and, I, and, I, and it's on me to find it, you know, in the next two and a half hours. And I think if you go in with that attitude, if you do lose, you'll still learn a lot from it. You're not yeah, exactly. really frustrated yeah. or angry. You're like, oh, okay, I could have done this and that, and that's my path to victory. What can take that? You can, yeah, yeah, first thing is, you can ask your opponent, what could I have done differently? Like, easy, they're there. They, their plan was to beat you. They can tell you what they were hoping you would or wouldn't do, or anything like that. Yeah, and I had that with Miles. Is it Miles Hewitt, lovely guy, a Skaven player at Bobo, um, and he played his mate Seb, who's a Deepkin bro, in the game after. And the advice I gave him, he used against Seb and beat him turn two. <laughs> so it just shows you, like, you know, all players, and that's the great thing about the community is players are just happy to help and talk Warhammer. You know, yep. just ask people, just ask, and, and everyone will talk about you know, their experiences. I found the. Um... The, one of the things that I really enjoy is when I I go to an event and I play a I play a new player or someone who's who's fairly new and that you can tell the way they play the way that they approach the game they've got the makings of a great player but they're just green but you you, you play you and you think oh actually challenged me there and 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 that was difficult and there's a couple of guys we played at the heat and um i i beat the guys using the gash and uh his legion army with and then i lost to his mate using the blister skin feck but it was it was like both those guys i've seen i've played the um I, i'm sorry terrible names uh, i i played the guy who i beat again at a little swindon event actually and um that, that was that was good. And, and again, he was a little bit like, oh man, not again. I'm like, well, just treat it as a, you know, it's a learning experience. It's, it's a, something to come away from. And um, I, for me, it's, I always go into an event with like a little goal in my head and it, it's something that I could probably achieve or, or something I want to find out about, or I want to practice, or want to learn. I don't go, I want to win. You know, I'm not. I'm not Ben Curry. I don't go in. I want to win this event. <laughs> it's. I go into the event and go. I'm going to take this, and I want to try and achieve this. And I just, you know, and it's. It may be a case that I take a character that I really want to play with, or I. I take, you know, a unit that I really want a combo with a unit and a command ability and a thing, and I really want to pull off a combo or something like that. And that's my objective for the event. It's not. It's not about placing. That's just. That's just comes along with how yeah. you play the game you always play to win but it's uh you know it's uh 
it's kind of like yeah. picking a new painting project and you're not like, I'm going to paint everything perfect. You're like, actually, I'd like to improve on skin or I'm going to try and up my basing game or I'm going to do this. Yeah, or I want to try object source lighting or, or something like that. And, and you're, that's how I approach army projects, to be honest. I always get a new technique or medium that, oh, well, I used to. Now at the moment, it's just, I want to paint this, play this, so I've got to get it painted really quickly and then I just push it on the table. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> normally when I'm, I'm trying to do a painting project, it's... Okay. it's uh, no soon soon uh i may or may yeah. not be throwing myself into a painting project full-on soon so we all are we all yeah. are yeah but that's a really healthy attitude to have as well because I, ha- I had a lot of it going when i was going to eggs which is those guys were like how can you just play grief knowing you'll get smashed and i was like but it's not about winning like I'm, i as much as it seems that way when you rock up and you're a top player or a competitive player or you know whatever people always think oh you should be four and one five and oh but I don't know, sometimes it's just okay to sit there and get smashed because I want to play my king and I want to play a Linda and I want to play my Harridans. Yeah. You could and also when you learn, beat you... that tough matchup, the feeling is amazing. Yeah, well, I had a great game with Mr. Maudsley at the end of game three because I'd won max max points on my first two games. I just happened to be against Tom on, on table one. And I was like, this is going to be absolutely nails. And it was a very stressful game. And Byron kept bringing us over tequila and beers, very kind of him. Um, oh, to ease, to ease the stress, <laughs> and, uh, Tom, Tom literally did one in his eye. Um, yeah, we, we were doing that at the ETC. It was graphic, yeah. but it was an awesome game. But it was an awesome game, and Tom won. Um, but it was an awesome game, and 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 it, and it creates games like that. And it was it was a lot of fun as well. You're also gonna like you could, let's say like you know your Deacon Army inside out, back to front. Um, mm. You could go to eggs with your uh, far less competitive, for lack of a better word, um, new, like, slightly janky death army, and you could come away from that with way more learning that you can then apply to... You're not just applying it to that army, you can apply it to every situation. You come away yeah. from that because you've, you've forced yourself. It's like uh, you've played Warhammer in hard mode, just like you practice games against Richie with 7,000 minuses to hit. Like Yeah, and that's still why I play my Plague Bearers. You know, last year at Blackout, I took my Nurgle Demons... I took, I take my grief. I, you know, I like to play other armies and think, well, how can I, it's not Deepkin style, but what elements of that can I absorb into my game so that if I come up against a new book or a new army that's been introduced into the meta, I'm like, okay, well, I don't have the rules to react to that, but I can do it through my play. I don't have to necessarily be just, you know, aggro Deepkin all the time. I can be standoff. I can play defensive. I can be out of ranges of zones. I can choose to come in on objectives and, and pinch objectives or bait on objectives, you know, and do stuff like that, which I think you, which other armies obviously suit better with their play style, but there are elements of it you can adopt. I think it's a, a great point that Byron made about easy mode. Like I think um, this sums up, this sums up what makes play is better. And it's that when you, when you're pushing outside your comfort zone and you're, you're putting yourself against the, the, the meta, and and like you know you're not you're not meta chasing and going this list is meant to be the best list and you'll win games purely on the strength of the list and not through good play and then when you play a good player or someone who knows how to beat it you you're not a good enough player to outplay them and then you lose and then you you sort of go you go your four and one or your three and two and you get frustrated and you think oh god how do i make a harder list for the next event how how can i get a harder list show me what the next best list is and it's like no 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 help me what you what you need to do is play on like you say play on hard mode and get your core skills down your core warhammer skills and then once you've got those skills and you've got that play set then when you switch to a top tier list you will smash people and you will podium and that's the it's giving you that groundwork 
I remember when I started, I was playing really janky lists. I had a chaos list with chariots and spawn. I played tomb kings religiously against the when you know wood elves were in ascendancy, and they were just like the absolute nightmare matchup. And I would play. I played it so much. I'd go to like a GT, and all I'd play is wood elves, wood elves, wood elves, wood elves, and something else. And I'd lose probably eighty percent of the time to wood elves, even to the point where. I remember playing Ben Curry and I had like my three chariots and I was and there was ten dryads or eight dryads and I was like, if I charge my chariots into those dryads, I will lose my chariots. And Ben was like, You're joking. And he was keeping his dryads back. I said, No, every time, I'll tell you, the dryads will beat them every time. Didn't believe me. I charged chariots and the chariots all died. And I said, Look, it, it's I've played it enough. I know that's what happens. But <laughs> I didn't stop taking Tomb Kings because I love the army. So I was like, Well, I'm gonna take it and then I'll figure it out. Yeah, you'll it, tweak it, like, you'll you'll learn. And I beat. I remember beating a Norwegian player who had a um, a wood elf army, and the feeling of beating that army with tomb kings was just amazing. And I remember that game now. Whereas if I took like top tier like warriors and just smashed people off the board, and it's like, well, that doesn't. That, that those games kind of disappear into the ether. Like I can't remember most of those games because they weren't. What's your learning experience? They were so deployed one-sided. and executed, like literally yeah. executed. Potentially, like I, yeah. I set up in the same way I set up, and I moved across the board in the same way I do normally, and I cast these spells in the same order that I do normally. Um, and that, like, you could you could literally have a game where you're like, well, I had to make a decision about sides because there was arcane, but the other side had cover, and then everything past that point is and this may sound very rehearsed because it's literally what I've been doing for six months with my spazzy oh, splitters. I was about to say that. It's like it's you Ooh. said on the last show that you've got worse at Warhammer. Oh, I have. <laughs> I've like I, I got better at Warhammer in the last five games than I have in the last forty. Like or however many I played with bone splitters, like thirty. Um, I had the exact same feeling when I played KO. You know what I mean? Like you just coming down after people off, it's not not really playing. You know what I mean? It's not you're not doing anything at that point, are you? You just you just repeating the same thing. Like I don't. Excellent. It doesn't even matter who's across from me. It's like an aggro deck on Hearthstone. I'm just going to do this thing, and yeah. if you're dead after it, I've won. If you're not, you've won. But I don't really care about the interaction. I'm just going to do it. Yeah, there's um, an interesting yes. discussion to how that can make no. things strong, but you definitely learn less. Like you, you yeah. learn so much less. And I love yeah, models in KO, but the rules are just. You know, it's, yeah. Are you I'm really playing? Yeah. Like, are you? I don't, I don't yeah. mean this to all the KO players because I love KO. I'm a KO player, but we all know as admirals, we're not really playing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Especially with the with the normal the normal list in particular. Um, yeah, there's, there's some weird ones out there. Where... And, you know, it's yeah. it, but bring, it is... to bring it back round though. That is that's exactly like you know all those elements. Like you're saying, Myron, all those elements I use now culminate into what i do with my deepkin you know i'm using like against leo in game one i use my eels to bait the the art boys out and you know people are so happy when they kill eels they're like oh my god i've killed the eels but i'm like yeah but now your art boys are i want them to be miles away in the corner out of the game can't be teleported and now move four and i'm gonna you know i'm gonna win the game before they get back into the game so it's like there's things like that you can do but you only learn that when you're sacrificing other units and other armies that are a lot less valuable but it's the same approach, you know, and I'm using high value targets to bait stuff out whilst I'm scoring and winning, winning. Crap. you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, my Reavers are just suddenly objective going, we score five, we score five and my eels are all dead by turn four, but I'm 18, three up. Yeah. So it's like, well, I've already won. 
So, you know, and, and, and a lot of people just really don't expect that, you know, and I don't think they understand it's happening at the time. I mean, Leo discussed it afterwards, and I think he was he was he was quite like, oh, okay, like you know, it's it, it's something you can do because because you have to deal with them. Obviously, it's, I'm saying bait in a way of like, oh, look at these things. You, you know, I've tricked you. You haven't tricked you. Obviously, you want to go and deal with them because it's such an aggressive unit. Um, but it's, it's again, it's tools you have at your disposal, and understanding that when you've lost 18 eels, you don't have to hit the panic button. You know, what yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not tilted. I'm not in a bad place. I'm not sat there going, oh no. I'm getting crushed. I'm like, this is fine. You know, it's, I've, this I've is part of where I've given up my entire army, but I've still won the scenario. Yeah, if that's the path to victory, then that's the path to victory, isn't exactly. it? Like, you just have to do it. I've also had opponents give up on a game when I'm looking at the table and I still think it's really worrying. I'm like, God, like, like they, they, <laughs> like I've, I've lost this, this, and this. But I mean, I had it with my bone splitters. People would be like. Well, you've, you've killed three quarters of my army, and I'm there biting my lip like. Uh, yeah, quarters enough to kill mine. So. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> dude, I've got like a six-up save, two wounds, and my bravery's going to be minus fifteen if you can do enough damage to that unit. And my characters are literally like ten miles behind them on the backboard edge. Like this, this shit is not over. And people are like, well, you killed everything, and all I've got is twenty-six plague monks in a furnace. I'm like, dude, that's enough. enough. <laughs> that is enough. <laughs> yeah that's enough to at least try well exactly yeah, well, had, and that's the yeah. best bit is, is try like if you're in that position you think well let's just carry on playing because who knows and yeah. you're not gonna not... 100% you will learn nothing if you don't try that's the other thing if your objective is yeah. to learn rather than to win then you're still winning at your objective of learning all the way through until your last guy dies and you you lose the game like like I don't know 18, 17 on scenario just be like cool well actually this unit works well against that one I can flee like this and I can hold this up with that yeah and yeah. I, it, the journey of the journey of learning is is important and I think if your objective is there to learn and, and to experience and, and practice then you don't get bothered about losing no. and actually it's better for your opponent because you're not getting getting sour faced about it yeah. and you know I mean I can only talk like this ambivalently because I've been there and done it the wrong way in the past so you know I'm it's easy to be like holier than thou and people I played way 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 back in the day like I was a bit keen and stuff and you you know people do go through it sometimes and you you, you actually um you know you want to win you want to do well you want to make an impact and I guess it's that whole millennial thing of coming in and trying to make a difference in the scene and all this kind Ranking. of stuff and it's like and then yeah, and then you you realise actually um, it, it's it should be enjoyable and 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 the thing is if you get to the top of top of the game and and just beat everyone then it's really boring like actually it's the um, it sounds really arrogant this but when when AOS first came out and I was doing really well and I, you I just was take whatever you want to any event and yeah. people like. I think um, I remember you saying like people just like I really want a double turn and you're like cool I can deal with not getting a double turn and then you beat them. I mean, it, I went to a lot of events, and it took it took I would say people, but people going into their initial events and games with the old mindset of the old game, going, "Well, I go first, I go max distance into the middle of the table, then you go right, I go second, I get double turn, and I win." And then it was like it took people a few games to realize that, and it was like I was there, I was like, "Yeah, I already know this," and um, I don't know, I I just got to the point, I was like, "I'm actually the." You know, I need I need people just to get better, um, and I rem I remember now that even like players that are now like really solid players, I I was playing back in the day and and I was beating them, and I know Tony Moore had was one of the stronger players back in the early days of his Nagash list, but whenever I played him with my Blood Warriors, it was always 
I was out out doing all my objectives and the gash couldn't do enough and and it was it was it got to the point where he's like I just it is just a struggle and I was like yeah, yeah I know and we played must have played about four or five times but now like Tony's like super solid and I've lost to him quite a few times now at events because he's running these like super um legit lists which which he's practiced and he's very very methodical with um and it's just that journey of of him going to that level of play as well and then being on the team for England as well it's been great you know for for me to see that but I, I always feel like I'm behind the curve now <laughs> so I need to I need to sort of uh, find my ge- niche again do some journeying James what would you say your learning experiences were from blackout then have you got like some key things well, that you thought or did you just go well, there and smash face no no I think one of the key learning things is so when we practice with you against your bone slurs I felt like that's before you changed your list um I felt like oh Going into the game with Sava, I thought, oh, I'm, I'm comfortable playing the rock. But yeah. I think it's through through that practice, I knew that I would lose a lot of models turn one because we were an old goose. So I expected Ben to teleport into the middle. Ideally, I wanted him to bring his big boss, which he did. Um, I was going to lose a lot of battle line units, um, and I was going to play from behind with low models. But it wasn't panic, you know. And yeah. again, I think, going back to what we were saying earlier, I think because Ben's going to shoot off, he's going to shoot twice, he's going to shoot off a lot of models. Um, you just have to ride that and then react in the, in the right way. Yeah. And remove the remove the block, remove the big boss, which I was able to do, um, and then put pressure on the middle objectives um, whilst retaining one of my power line units because I felt the way I deployed, I deployed in a way that seemed like it was worthwhile for Ben to teleport and delete three of my battle line units, but not yep. the eels or unit of thralls, yep. which I knew I needed to still play the game with. So I thought that was a really good deployment on my end. Um, I mean, Ben's going to do that, obviously. Why wouldn't he remove those models? Um, yeah, well, you, you know, if you give someone a choice that's that juicy, especially when they're a good player like Ben, yeah. you, you have to make your, your bait yeah. bunny ears, like, almost, yeah, Ben's top player, almost you know, too good. Um, but, yeah, so that was, a you know, learning to play with low models is is a, is a, is a deep learning curve. Like, you are going to lose models. You are an MSU army. You're not going to have a lot left at the end of the game, even if you do win because you're either ahead early and your opponent kills those units because they're on objectives and then can't get on, or you just annihilate your opponent, but, you lose stuff. You know, that's not really a game. You know, the game's over turn two then because you've killed so much stuff. They're just like, you know. But um, I think for me, going into Blackout, it's always interesting with Blackout because it's the same as the Heats, right? Deepkin in four realms is difficult because your opponent has loads of casters, access to loads of spells, loads of realm command abilities that you have to account for because normally your speed's your your plus right but like with ben he could just teleport his rock over to my side of the board turn one so which he wouldn't normally be able to do um, and negate my you know shoot my squire cloud of midnight so yeah it's, it, it was good um i obviously knew about sanesh i played against jp who i actually played in the final who played sanesh quite a few times at the club so i you know and i've got sanesh myself um but beyond just learning curves, I play Deepkin enough now. I, I don't think there's... It's not that I can't learn more. It's just I don't know if the armies in the meta present challenges for me to learn from, but I haven't well, learned already. Definitely not with the frequency that you were earlier on with him. Like, that's part of playing an army a lot and feeling mega comfortable with it as well. I remember when I was playing Mixed Order, and that's everyone, like, it was at a time when just books... I mean, kind of like now, books and books and books were coming out, and they're all really good. And actually, I was just overjoyed because the new books that were coming out, um, Fire Slayers, Daughters, whatever, 
they were pushing out change hosts and stormcast which were by far the worst options for me i was like cool well, I, I know my deal my army works exactly like this people are trying to like cart around something that's brand new and pretty techy i mean sonesh everyone jokes about them but there's a they you have so many options in oh, every phase and you're just my like, best friends and yeah, like, my best friends are i know my stuff they're pushing Gristlegore out <laughs> you know what exactly. I mean to your point then yeah because we can't deal with Gristlegore but Sanesh can and now that Sanesh is prominent I don't have to deal with Gristlegore anymore yeah you know so it's like that's fine Gristlegore can still <laughs> sit on the bench much to Tony's sad I'm sure with sad face but, man Gristlegore you know, can still suck a dick I still struggle like fuck against Gristlegore I don't know why <laughs> oh I do I do it was well, because they've just got that chance they're, haven't they're they nuts. like it's like you can play uh, like execute a really good plan they can still rock it across the board and then roll a few sixes and you can be like oh well Neferat is dead or, yeah, or they're just, they're just, they're just nuts across the board um, even the arch regent when he dies he can go twice like, oh, that, with seven that attacks, really pisses me off more. like <laughs> I, I mean they're that, just fucking, that fucking thing and I should know the rules better but I summon a free Vargulf charge my blood first three inch it I kill it he goes oh, I'm going to go oh, I'm going to fight oh, I'm going to fight again and my blood first has taken 11 wounds. I'm like, you fuck off, suck a dick. I know, it's horrible, isn't it? It's horrible. Like, just suck a dick, you know. I know. It's, it's... <laughs> because Sinesh hard counts them quite, you know, the Locust is really strong. So, and Depravity just allows them to bring the Keepers back, back you know, that the, they die to the, uh, the Court of War, Killing Frenzy. So, yeah, I, I, and I always say that, like I say to the Deep King guys in the chat, like, just you just have to, you know, we can't beat every army, and you have to accept that. But you have to hope that you keep an eye on the meta, and see if the meta just takes care of it for you. Like when I went to Heat One, everyone was talking crazy about Gristlegore and Skaven, and I ended up winning it because I was like, well, I I, and I beat Gristlegore on that weekend as well. So I was like, well, you, you just have to like adapt and, and again find that path to victory. However, whatever it is, even if the dragon's going to be eighteen eels, if it takes him three turns to yeah. do it and you're already ahead, then you've won. You know, I do. Like, I do joke. I have beaten Gristlegore, but it's just like it's like it's like one of those games you just like. It's, it's a head it feels a little bit stressful. I don't know why, but I think it's because it's so like swingy. It's the yeah, it's, it's the potential. Yeah, it's when the general goes, and then they go. So he's gone twice. That's half your army dead. And then I'm going to activate this dragon because he doesn't count as an activation because it's an ability. And you just I look at them and go. The first time this weekend, it was like. <laughs> and then I just go. That's cool. Well, whilst you do that, I'm going to go to the bar. What's, what's that? Sorry, the the. It's the, the, dragon the, gen- the general's gone, and he's gone before you, even if it was like your yeah. turn. And then, oh, then like, it's your normal activation, right? They're like, yeah. oh, FYI, that it's didn't brutal. count. And it goes again, and you're like, oh, yeah. wow, my it's soul. Like, oh, no. <laughs> you're like, so you're going to go four times, and they're like, yep. And you're like, okay. And then if I kill you, you go again. Yeah, oh. But anyway, that's just, again, Senesh helped with that. So going back to your point, Byron, it's like, yeah, these new armies come in, and they push them out, and you're like, oh, okay, well, actually, we're stronger. And this shooting meta that's going to apparently arise, I still don't believe it, but when it rises, Deepkin are just sat there with their anti-shooting tech ready. They're like, that's yeah. fine, guys. Where is the shooting? Yeah, I think um, I think we've seen a bit of the shooting coming into the game, though. I mean, like, you know, I mean, like, Savat took the ruck. You had Mikey with KO at Eggs, did well. Uh, Matt know, Leon's did well as well. Matt Leon's took his shoot, shoot cast Eternals. Um, we saw the the ETC list, and, and I remember back in the day, um, in Seventh Edition Warhammer, the ETC lists were like a real catalyst for people to try new lists out because 
when you've took got Nurgle for the first time, didn't they? I remember, and everyone yeah. thought the book was awful, and then and I just made copied it. It's just all great, yeah. <laughs> and then I was getting podiums after podium copying their list because basically, there's a lot of. Um, I played against it at the Denmark event, and it gave me a real insight into how it worked. And I just thought, the more I spoke to uh, the guy running it, the more I thought how awesome the list was. And I just thought, this is going to take people back home by storm. And I think the great thing about the international scene coming into AOS in more prevalence is that the metas in those countries are so different then you get these lists that that really like are surprising and then they they shake things up a little bit and they may even be older books but they they still have that effect yeah um or well, what does your army do against eight Corgras? Oh, I don't know you're like well <laughs> well you're have... about to find out <laughs> yeah exactly. um what was the um so you, you talk about like Sunesh obviously like a deep uh, uh, blackout there was a lot of Sunesh players six yeah. in the top 11 how how well, were you yeah. prepped for it did you face Sunesh yeah I played them in the last game so I knew going in I knew if I was gonna because I, I didn't I mean I, I expected to do fairly well because my deep kid because I know I know it so well uh, but I knew that Brian Ben JP uh, I wasn't sure if Mr. Wilson was going um, we're all bringing Slanesh right so I knew a lot of prominent players are going to be having Slanesh. So I was like, okay. So I really had to think about how that matchup goes. And you know, it, it would come down to the scenario as well. And Did it, you and change I your list or were you just like, screw it, if it happens, it happens, and I have to beat them on the table, or it's down to scenario, or did, did you make any, I don't know, magic item no, alterations or spells no, or anything? because I, I don't think I need, I think I already have the tools, and I trust in what I, what I have already, um, okay. in a sense that like, I know what Sinesh does, and I know that my elves don't give it depravity. So my goal against Sinesh, if you will, in most matchups is if if they are going to kill the eels, make sure the depravity, they farm it in turn two during high tide when, when they have to alternate, right? So if they fail those four-up locusts, I will hit those characters for free going into my turn, which means they have to spend their depravity in turn three and not turn two. So I'm going to have my turn to react to that and where their heroes are. So it's all about focusing in on the forward-most heroes because then it forces their summoning back on the Enrapturous or the Epitome, whichever their far hero is, you know, the safety one. Yeah. Um, it's, gonna, it's all the summonings have to occur back there. And you and that's something you can control. So you have to bear those Take elements in mind. That's awesome. Yeah, you, ha- you have to think about that as well, though. You think about, okay, but if they get depravity, when are they spending it? And how are they spending it? Where is it being spent from? You know, these are things you have to account for. And I know a lot of frustration with people that play against Sinesh is when they give up too much depravity in their own turn. You know, when you charge in and get Locust and then they kill you. And then the Sinesh player in his turn uses the depravity. Yeah. That's when it that's when it can it can feel bad. But what you've really done there is you've just essentially fed the dragon in their own turn. You know, you wouldn't charge a zombie dragon in your turn if you didn't think you could kill it and vice versa. So these are things you learn along the way. And I played JP quite a few times at the club. I played Slanesh myself to get a good understanding of the army. And also I love the models, so I've been painting it up myself. Um, and obviously there's lots of Slanesh chat. Les has been chatting about Slanesh. Brian, obviously. Um, Russ a little bit going into ETC. So I don't know. I, I had a fairly good idea, but I also, I'm also of the opinion whenever I go to events is I don't just think about Slanesh. You know, I'm because you might never get drawn into it as much yeah. as it's being played. You might even never see it. So I'm not going to sweat too much because I rely on my skill as a player at the table to deal with it in the scenario I'm given if I'm drawn yeah. against it. I mean, draws around him. Like, you could you could do that, and then you could be, I don't know, um, like, 
this weekend, Tom Walsley could be thinking like, oh God, what do I do against Slanesh or whatever? And then he ends up playing um, like 12 gore grunters table one last game. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, uh, and this is it. And I, I think with Slanesh, it's like, yes, it is a very tough matchup, but I have the tools to, to beat it. I have the speed. I think the key with me is I have the speed to beat Slanesh. I can get into the heroes that are behind the Hellstriders or the Nets, you know, the, the little mints. Because that's the thing with Slanesh. It's all well and good having these six heroes, but they always run min battle liners. It's going to be, t- it's going to be three 10 demonets, two 10 demonets, 30 demonets, or five or three five health striders, right? None of which is very good at screening. So my eels can get into all the heroes. And because I've got my eel zap, the keeper's never going to do five damage to me. He's going to come in, he's going to roll his locust, that's fine, but I'm going to zap him for eight to nine mortal wounds, which he yeah. can't block. So he's going to be doing far less damage, which makes going twice seem less attractive. Yep. Um, I and mean, who knows if I spike and get lucky and put and maybe get getting down to like two wounds. You know, it's it really is a problem for them because in a sense they fed me in their turn. Because if yeah. their keepers go down in my t- in their turn, and now it's my turn, I will just mop the rest of them up. So it's kind of a deterrent as well um, with the, with the zaps. So I have the defensive capability to deal with Slanesh. Um, and obviously high tide protects me against the roll off with the four up heroes like Celeste or the Epitome or you know heroes that don't have the two up locust. Yeah. So it's not a terrible matchup, but I didn't feel like I needed to alter my list going into it. But I did feel that if I played them on duality or arcane, it that would it's not unwinnable. You're up against it. A lot would have to go my way because they can just summon heroes back and all they've got to do against me is remove three models and then yeah, it's tough for you anyway because you don't have yeah. the list for that scenario really you yeah. said it's your weaker one so the well, worst thing is to, to be in a just some of the minutes, aren't they? yeah i mean i think um some of the things that i've seen people with sunesh and i think you're right and you touch on it there is the gotcha of the summoning is that people don't account for what it can do with it and they don't really think about how many points the opponent's got or where they get it and then suddenly they're like oh, i'm gonna put this down and you're like what oh you can do that oh you've got enough points for that or you go i'll do a herald like a vice leader then i'm going to put 30 demonets over here or the keeper that i've just charged you and killed you and you've counterattacked and killed it i've now got enough to put another one on and it's my go so i'll put another one on nine away and i make the charge and suddenly it's like it almost that keeper isn't died it's it's back in the game and it's 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 enacting the game again it's in a different um, place as well like uh... yeah and, and i think like you say like most of the lists of Sinesh revolve around an anchor on the fane and anyone who can bring a unit even if it's like canary or or dare i say it you know like um hunters come on from the back and 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 they're even if they don't kill the character just standing around the character stops that board space being used and and like you say if you can if you can get get the keepers drop the keepers in their go and then you get a go to basically push into the weaker characters and surround them they suddenly can't summon anyway uh, yeah, it's my, you know, my strategy it's... the rook it's like everything that's standing there is a horribly squishy bone splitter but for that turn i've, I've blocked off the summoning and then it doesn't matter what they summon because i'm probably had enough on scenario that it, it's fine they can kill everything in two turns and i stood there for three and they stood there for two yeah, and the thing is, you have to think about the depravity that, that, that you're giving them going into their turn, right? Yeah, but um, in terms of the Blackout event, then, you obviously went there, you did, you went 5-0 and, oh and you, you took the event out. Um, I was gutted because 
I, I love Tomlin's events. It's always really good, and it's Cardiff. So, yeah, Black event, recommended. Oh, because last year I was in the last game of Mr. Johnson on table one, and I lost. So this year I wanted to go one further. So I was I was really happy to, especially with the level. Because that's one thing I will say about the tournament scene now is last going last year, it felt like there was about thirty you know lists there that could win it. This year, there's about eighty five lists that could win it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean, like. The, the, the field of play now, even on the lower tables, are still really tough lists. Yeah, it's not. You know, that's, which, which is not true last year, I think. So more and more players come into the game. There's more and more material about how they can get good lists, what, what good lists are, what units. You know, there's so quicker ways to learn about the game through podcasts, listen to people like yourselves talk. You know, it's so much more material available now to get up to speed with where the game is. So I felt really, really good winning it. So but Tomlin's events are amazing. If you've not met Chris Tomlin, he's amazing. Um, it was really fun to play Four Realms, everything out the book, because Tomlin's very pro out the book, you know, and using the agendas for the first time was very fun, because he, similar to Eggs, you know, they, they stayed hidden. They weren't revealed at the start of the game. So whilst I didn't feel I had much control about denying them, I also felt like maybe that was a good thing, because your opponent's always got something to play for, and they know that you don't know what it is, so they can still play for it, even if it's going out their way, which happened in mine and Leo's game. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, Firestorm's a really cool venue. Like, it's, you know, it's one of the big venues, really cool. Yes, it's hot, obviously, but it's still a really cool venue. That weekend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the country was hot, so <laughs> I thought it's not Harley Tomlin's fault. There's a great bar, there's a shop, um, it's, and it's right in the middle of Cardiff, and wherever you and the Cardiff hotels are like all around it, so you can go into the high street or the you know the clubs in the evening and everything, and socialise with all the other players. So and it's really good atmosphere as well, really good vibe amongst players. Like loads of people are there, like competitively, but they know it's full realms, it's agendas, it's full you know faction train rules, everything. So there's kind of like a relaxed feel as well, um, which was really cool. But I love Blackout; it's one of my favourite events of the year. So if, no, if you've not been before. I would recommend, highly recommend it to anyone. If you want to play AOS, just go to Blackout. Agreed. Yeah. I wish I was there, but I was at the ETC. So. Well, I was going to show off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So great. Okay. So um, congratulations on on taking out with Deepkin, and it, it I think Thanks. it goes to show that taking a list that you're practiced with um, and comfortable with is is sometimes the best approach for uh, for a tournament. Um, if you're feeling comfortable, um, just take that because you you're you're already coming off that base of, uh, of of knowledge and experience, which will help you edge those games where it is maybe close or or tight against the players that maybe have have changed lists recently that aren't quite as practiced or as honed. Certainly, how I felt at um, some events when I've taken new lists, where I just feel like oh, I need a couple more events with this to be really good with it, but then I change my list and then you never really get to that point. So. Um, it's something I'm going to start focusing on a single faction soon. So uh, I'll talk about yeah. that in a bit. <laughs> but um, well, yeah. So anyway, um, I think that'll do for part one of the show. And when we come back, let's talk about death because, um, you know, we're more people. And, um, you know, let's just go. About... No, honestly, we'll uh, let's talk about day. the faction of death in okay. Age of Sigma um, and the event Element Games Grand Slam and, and what happened there. So uh, let's have a quick break and we're back in five. Face Hammer is sponsored by Element Games. So for great customer service, all the latest Age of Sigma releases at 20% off. And all your hobby needs, go to www.elementgames.co.uk. 
To support us directly, click through the banner on our website and let them know that you came from us. And we are back from the break, and it's time to talk about death. Woo! <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, you guys both took a death faction to Element Games Grand Slam last weekend. We do. I mean, the, probably the, the first place to start is the reason you don't see death around that much these days is it's like it. you definitely feel up against it when you're rocking a death army. Um, I mean, maybe it's different if there's all the realms in play and you've got Nagash or something like that, but the moment I started trying to build lists, uh, I mean, you made a joking comment saying you can't just take everything you want, and you it's not even that. You like you by far can't take everything you want. You're like, oh, this is a really cool idea, but what about this? Um, or you took I, a Legion and a Gash list, didn't you? I did, yeah. Um, I mean, first of all, I just didn't even know how to build an army list and kept on having to ask <laughs> for help. Because there's all these different things, and then, yeah, it, like basically, in the end, I took a single formation and an endless spell and some battle line because that was all that my little brain could manage. So I ended up using the core of Nulamia, I think it's called, yeah. um, which is basically two vampire lords, so they could be on foot or on dragons. You can guess which ones I chose. Dragons. Yep. <laughs> um, Neferata. A you spells take a coven throne in it. God knows why it changed to the uh, blood bloodseeker blood palette, whatever it is. Um, the bad one that's three hundred points. It changed to that, so you have to have that in your list. And it it doesn't do much itself, but it's important in the formation. And uh, yeah, so you take those four characters. It allows you to have a drop. You get an artifact, of course, which is I mean maybe you wouldn't normally care, especially given that Neferata has to be your general, unfortunately, otherwise the list could be mega. Um, but those two items are super useful on zombie dragons. They wear anything well. Like They're probably one of the best recipients for power items in the game. Um, a wicked utility piece that can heal themselves, um, blah, blah, blah. Bloodseeker Palaquin can't heal itself, even though it's got a vampire on top, not bitter. And um, then I took three units of direwolves and cogs, um, and basically that like that's all the list can be unless you swapped uh, the die walls for skeletons or you wanted to like drop cogs and have geminids and swords or two cheap spells or something like that um, so there isn't much wiggle room and you just kind of have to do that unless you drop one dragon down to a vampire lord in which case you're diluting what it does and not making the most of the abilities of the battalion which is to get an extra four inch move on everything in the battalion as long as it's within range of your poopy throne which is huge. That's just absolutely massive. Like that reach, uh, a lot of the discussion that James was having about playing off his opponents and his threat range and his speed with the deepkin, I felt he was describing how my army was over the weekend because it's not it's not crazy strong, but it, it like it's not it struggles against a lot of things, um, but it hits like a ton of bricks and it can get there with what feels like a teleport because you're moving so fast. Um, so yeah, it was a. Uh, I wanted to play something different from Bone Splitters, and this was as different as I could get from the collection of models that I had. Although, having said that, a week before Eggs, I had 15 dogs in boxes, a zombie dragon in a box, um, and I had to build my bases, which takes forever, and then get all the models prepped in time, which I just about did. Yeah, you um, you took that that list and that formation, but did you... Did you, when you played in the event, did you feel the formation was important for the drops and the speed? 
I'm still completely split about this because basically that crappy throne and the formation costs 450 points, which is a massive amount. Um, it's another dragon. Yeah, it literally is 10 points more than another dragon, and the dragons are damn good. Um, also, three shooting attacks would be massive. Um, the, the, like the, If those breath weapons work, the difference it makes to your games, uh, again, like what James was mentioning about Blackout, in terms of being able to delete a screen and then plow into stuff, and then you've got your... You could have charged, but the screen gets deleted by someone else, and then you take your pile in, and then you've got the bite's reach, which is three, and the lance's reach, which is one. God knows why. It's literally like like a four-inch long weapon on a two-inch high dude. Um, but you can reach over the back of stuff quite easily with it. And if you had a few more breath weapons in there, like 3d6, because they, they can hit reliably against large units, 3d6, um, rend three, what may as well be more wounds at Ren 3 um, is so, so, so reliable. Um, the low drops is a thing and the item is a thing as well. It opens up yeah. quite a lot of opportunities. Um, so basically, I went with probably an unusual selection of items. I think Ethereal Amulet and something else may be better. It's just very flexible way to run the list. And obviously Neferata spell gives something Ethereal, so you could have... Um, you could have two dragons being ethereal or Neferata and another dragon being ethereal, or you just have some redundancy um, for if that spell doesn't work. That I'm not sure what you guys think, but I think objectively that's probably better. But what I went for was Doppelganger Cloak on one, and then the Miasmic Blade on the other, which is minus to hit. Now, normally I like the Miasmic Blade wouldn't be too exciting, but Neferata's ability bubbles 15 inches everyone within, not wholly within, just within, um, is at minus one to hit, and you can use it multiple times. So minus one to hit, not so much a big thing. Uh, James will know about this from the Grotz. Minus two to hit is big. Minus three to hit is monumental. Oh, um, minus two to hit. Yeah, it, it makes all the difference. So having that innate minus one means that turns after the first, if you've spaffed your load early, or just if you want to be a bit more conservative with using your command points, you can have that dragon off on one side at minus two to hit, and then you can have the other one doppelgangering um, on the other side. Uh, now, if you could have, like, minus to hit and a cloak, that would be great. And Sorry, uh, Ethereal Amulet, that would be great, but I, it wasn't a bad choice of items. It, like, it worked fairly well. Some people run, uh, run Ren 3 as well, which is... yeah which is incredible, especially when um, part of being Legion of Blood, or whatever it was, um, all of the melee profiles on your Vampire Lords have plus one attack. So five attacks with a sword at Ren 3 would be incredibly reliable. Um, and you know that applies to the, the dragon as well, right? Oh, I do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, just checking. Yeah, um, I, I didn't think it did originally, and then I read it, and I was like, oh, wait a minute. Um, yeah. Obviously, that would be another reason to take three dragons and no formation, because, my God, um, there are some really weird, nuanced things, like if a hero dies within 10 inches of the palaquin because it's bloodthirsty, then all the vampire all the vampire yeah, lords just want to tackle something, isn't on it? each of their profiles. So you could yeah. end up with five bites on two dragons, which would be ungodly. Um, but that's you can't really play for that or play around that stuff. And the Frat has still got that rule where she can pop out a vampire lord, doesn't she? Yeah. I'm pretty sure she's still got the thing when she daggers someone and you can pop a vampire lord out. I didn't know. I just got really... I had one practice game where I daggered a vermin lord and uh, I was <laughs> I was so excited about it dying I didn't think about anything else. I'm um, pretty sure she still has it. I might be wrong. I know she used to have it. Um, 
the I find when I I played Nefrata at the Six Nations and I found her a a very weird piece to use. She's like super tricky. She's she's kind of like feels like a defensive hero, but she needs to be fighting. But then she's really fragile. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds stupid, but you think you're minus two to hit, and she's a fury. It's like yeah, but you're not really. And and there's because you don't have the command points to keep that up, and yep. then. There's a lot of stuff that just doesn't care. Like, you know, like, for example, Gristle Gore bites, re-roll into hit, and any six does more wounds. So you don't care if you're minus she two. She doesn't hit. have many wounds either. Like, no, you're only 11. Yeah, you're rocking it. There's a really big difference between 11 and 14. Um, she eats them back fairly well, but you've only got to lose four or five, and suddenly she's in a position where you're extremely fragile. And I find she's always, like, super exposed because she's near the stuff that... She has to be within she's 15, but you're not making the most of it. Yeah, yeah. exactly, and it's like... Uh, why why oh i don't know she's kind of one of those things that um yeah so she's got more talk of blood each time nefrata slays an enemy hero in the combat phase with either akmet ha or aken seth she transforms that hero into her thrall set up a vampire lord within six of nefrata oh well noted so if you can get into like squishy heroes and go and poke them then you uh yeah but you've got to do it with those attacks which is it's one of those weird things of like how well, does the allocation oh, I'm work? Start with my claws and then I'll do my others yeah. because I think these ones that will finish it. Um, but yeah, she was. I mean, what she does do really well and very reliably without any buffs or command abilities or rerolls is just killing crap. Um, hitting on twos is wicked, and the claws on her beast are Ren two. Yeah, um, all the Mortox are Ren two, which feels the beast. that kind of. That every time you read down the profile, that feels unexpected because so often dragons' claws aren't. Yeah. Uh, like I'm not sure if there's any dragons in the game, um, normal ones at least that have more than rend one on their non-bite attacks. So she's a very reliable piece for that. I mean, the dragon still hits on fours, but you can put her into ten crappy whatevers and be consistently safe uh, with doing that. And then she heals a couple of wounds back. Um, and if someone sends a hero her way and she kills it, you get three wounds back. So she is more capable of being a lone piece than I thought. But obviously, if she's over one side, then you don't. She's have... not doing her job, really. Yeah, she's yeah. not. She's not using aurora. So late game, if you spaff your load, that's all right. Or you just need to control different places on the board. Or if indeed your dragons have gone all the way and she's like sweeping around the edges trying to stay safe while they goo things up. Um, what I found was the poopy useless throne does have a use, and that's getting in the way. Um, it's pretty yeah. quick, so often I'd have like a dragon strung out with the throne in the middle, um, and then a dragon on the other side and Neferata behind that, or you'd sneak the throne around the left-hand side and Neferata would be kind of behind that with the two dragons in the middle. So anything that came for it had to go all the way over, unlikely, all the way round two dragons, unlikely, or it was blocked up by the Coven throne. Um, yeah, it's exactly how I I use the Morse engine. Yeah. And it's not it's not bad that one. It's kind of with Neferata and the throne. You've got two two crappy ish things, but they're not crappy enough for people to be able to ignore them. Yeah. Um, like the throne, it's got twelve attacks from the spirits and six pluses. Not that there's any ways to get plus to hit. Do mortals? Um, that's not insignificant. Like if you're against a character that's got a really good armor save and you're putting a dragon in, it's a safe bet to put the throne in just to sweep up things afterwards. And if people are like, well, he's a chapter dragon, I might die to this, they might have to nominate your throne as the recipient of a massive amount of high damage attacks, which it could survive, and then your dragon's fine. So it it's not good, but it 
it's not without a purpose on the table. Um, and it can keep up as well. It's got a super fast move, just like the other stuff flies. And um, if it is around in the thick of it, if you do wipe something out and then you need to like rocket ship your dragons out of there somewhere, then they get the plus four move to that, which if they've taken a few wounds, that's far more useful than you'd think. Um, yeah. Yeah, if they've taken five wounds or seven, I think the jumps are, then rather than being, you could be down to move 10 instead of your normal move 14, but you could just be moving 14 with a plus four. Um, so that and cogs is enough to make sure that you still can reach the thing you need to reach. Uh, the other thing with cogs and the reason I didn't drop it from the list, cause I was on the fence about it versus reroll saves. Yeah. Um, spell reroll saves. Yeah. It's wicked. Just put, cast yeah. it up, put it as far forward as you possibly can with one person. Um, activate it with another if you've kind of daisy chained it. And then when that dude goes forwards, if he's ethereal, amazing. Three mm-hmm. up, re-rolling all failed saves. Um, unmodifiable. That's just that's just incredible. Or yeah. you put it on the other one who's a little bit weaker, and you have ethereal on one side and then doppelganger on the other. So once he's burnt his one-use only item, he's got a little bit more reliability, and they're all slowly chomping wounds back as well. Um, that's also- why I like the the ethereal amulet because you can go to Frata spell on the other dragon mystic shield cogs on the other one so you've got a free up re-roll in ones and twos and a free up re-roll in ones yeah and they become hella scary yeah i think it's there's also a power in things performing in the same way on the table like often if yeah. you've got it's like when i used to run death everything i ran had a mortal wound save i had the morgasts um not the the archive yeah yeah, Morgoth, the, Arca, yeah. yeah the morgasts um they had a mortal wound save. I ran the death save within your general is like five plus instead of six plus and spread around the table. There were just all these things. And if someone did have mortal wounds, then everything in my army at least had a five plus save against it. So it's kind of like playing demons or something. Um, and the same with ethereal. Uh, you could have ethereal amulet on one um, and the spell on the other and Neferat standing behind. And then like you say, rerolls everywhere. Um it's a very, very, very strong option. So the list had more legs than I thought it would originally, but we are in a combat-heavy environment, and I just went into the games like, well, if I face any of the shooting lists we outlined, a Ruck. Um, if I faced Matt's Shootcast or Mikey's KO, I was going to be very much up against it unless the scenario was helpful. And they're good players as well, so they weren't going to slip up in those matchups. Yeah, I'm not. I, mean, I think actually against KO, it's better than you maybe think, um, because because it's so fast and it is quite resilient. Um, Even if they got the bubble drop you down chip. Yeah, because you're fast enough that you could probably spread your stuff out, and they wouldn't be able to get all of it. And you yeah. only need like one dragon uh, to to be alive in his army, then it, it's going to start causing havoc. Yeah. Um, that's why I found when I I used my Nefrata list before, but I had a I had like a unit of spirit hosts, you know. So you had I had like one big ethereal grave site regenerating unit, yeah, which I, I think is a missing part of that list. It definitely is. You just don't have the room. Um, if you're taking that formation, you you just it, it's that is the list basically, isn't it? Yeah, so you can uh, you can run it slightly differently, not have cogs, and you could take what are the Cheap, crappy, spirity things from Nighthaunt. Chain rasps. They're battle line, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, you can take those. So pop them up from grey sites and, and use them a little bit like that or something. But I like it, there's not Ten's enough. Not really enough. If you yeah. want to run them any way of shape, be resilient, you need at least twenty. Yeah. Um, 
because they've only got a five of peripheral. Um, yeah. For for me, I, I when I look at the that list, I think although it'd be fun, I I I almost in my head I go, well, Nefrata, I just don't, I don't rate her for the points. Um, maybe it's I'm not practiced enough with her, but I found her, she just didn't feel worth it. God, especially when she's standing next to a dragon that does it. A lot of things. Um, yeah. She does have two spells. She eats wounds back better than other things. Um, but, but uh, she could just be arcane. Uh, she could, know. but then your army would be slower. Um, obviously, you, you can make pinions more reliable with... Uh, actually, no, you can't because it has to be cast no, on the castle, yourself, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So you lose a lot of the speed. That's the main reason for the formation. Like You can have a couple of dragons. They can both have items. And those dragons or everything has an extra four inch move and that four inches is enough especially with cogs that your mm. opponents have to play weirdly against you i'm not saying it's a better option but it's having her in the list is just part of what you have to do if you're taking that formation that means when you play Sinesh, which i did um they just know that you can reach them better than they can reach you <clears throat> and they can't play their normal game against you uh, the list ended up being four drops as well, which, generally speaking, is enough to dictate what you want to do or have a very good chance of it. Did you find that played into it a lot, having the t- taking the turn, or the, or was it? Yeah, I mean, I was trying to design a list that played like birds, um, like surprise, surprise, um, and I wanted to have a list that could give away the double. Um, I played pretty hard armies, so and the scenarios I found quite tricky as well. Uh, so I didn't find myself able to do that as much as I'd like. Um, like, I played Laurie with Sylvaneth, and I just had to take every turn, otherwise I would have lost the game. Um, against Lamesh, the scenario was the two, like the auto end turn 3-1, and they're super powerful. But I wanted a list where I could go up, double bubble Nephi, or single bubble, whatever was needed, put my stuff in the way, get them chewing on me for a couple of turns, if I won the turn, as long as my dragons hadn't lost a massive amount of wound, give it away to my opponent, and then be in a really, really strong position where we have a combat, my dragons go down to, like, I don't know, six or seven wounds remaining or something. Um, they've, uh, they've drunk a couple back in combat, so they're on eight or nine, and then you drink your potion and smash people's face, and then you've got a really good chance from the mid-game onwards to capitalise on just your absolutely massive damage and speed. Uh, speed threats that you can put pretty much anywhere around the board because if anything has survived being in combat with a dragon for three turns you're probably in a really really bad spot or playing Volkites. yeah I mean you found so you went how many wins did you get was it three and two yeah three wins my two losses were against um, Slanesh uh, which was it was a close game I didn't. I only got off one spell out of five without the spells against me um, for the first two turns, and I didn't get my movement spells off. And the second turn, I just had to go in. I couldn't quite get where I wanted. Cogs makes a difference for the charges over people and stuff like that. And uh, then I, I lost the important priority role. Um, he literally just had to stand. I don't have enough to cover my cover my backboard. My game against Laurie, uh, he won when he won the last priority role of the game. Like, I was properly in it, and with uh, a couple of combats going a bit more my way, uh, I could have had it. I did get luck with the priorities, but um, considering that we were playing on the new Scorched Earth with eight scenario points against an army that has 
he's got a unit of dryads that has more models than my entire army, and he can teleport a unit with immunity just anywhere on the board. Um, he likes every single turn, so for me to be in that, that takes quite a lot. Um, and then I played Feck in the first game, uh, kind of went my way. I had a very powerful magic phase, um, change host in the last game, and then I played against, uh, it was actually Marathi Snaky Daughters in uh, a character-based scenario, but I had the tr- chance to go first. And again, the breath weapons off the dragons on screens and a charge and then like that charge going, so the piling going three inches and the reach being three inches, the amount of times you can reach stuff that people just don't think you can. I managed to bite Marathi for three in the first turn. Oh, nice. Um, and they were like, and get a couple of wounds on a hag and things like that. And they were going to have to run away and then win the double. But I was using my um, my poopy, poopy throne to block things up. So rather than going for the objectives... Uh, I did with the throne, but everything else just went absolutely like smash it. Yolo, the two dragons made their charges after using their breath weapons, and on a unit of ten screening anything, you're you're possibly auto hitting twice. Like there's this really weird situation where you want you don't want to do yeah. too many wounds on the first one in case you don't auto hit the next one. But then when they've got one person left out of ten, that's often enough for you to be able to pile around a bit and reach over with your bites and when there's four of them they are so much more reliable than when there's three um i actually yeah. found myself using neferata's ability less and their vampire counts command ability the which re-roll to hit is so good re-roll hits yeah i was using that way more than i thought i would um it's i got the be- i think it's the best command ability in death oh it's so good it's absolutely amazing gash, yeah. well, especially when you've got one more attack on everything um so that was really good, and I, I got lucky with Commanding Terrain as well. I have to say that three out of my five games, I got the Commanding Terrain. And when you stand on that in the first turn, and you've got three instead of two, it makes such a big difference with the list. Um, Command points are so important to that army as well. Oh, yeah, they are. Um, it wear Brooch very nicely. I was going to say, would Brooch be a consideration? It's a shame nothing else in Brooch's realm is remotely exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. Mm-hmm. But uh, I felt like I found it really rewarding to play. I was especially proud of how I played against Laurie, and I think um, against Mark with his Slanesh, I like I properly. He changed his deployment plan first turn because he realised the potential of my army, and then I failed all of my spells and just moved my entire army backwards in exactly the same shape it had been originally. Yeah, um, because of the movement, it he wasn't expecting that, and because of the movement it has. It was still really threatening in that position because um, the threat of getting pinions as well. Like oh yeah. If you get pinions off double, suddenly you're like, "What's that movement? Fourteen plus oh, four, eighteen plus ten, twenty eight. Yeah, pinions double and cogs is thirty. Yeah, um, which is mad. Like that's just not a number you should be able to say <laughs> um, when you're discussing movement. But the 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 list had a lot of legs. Um, you really, really need to play it. Having said that, I've come away from this and I literally feel like I've I had the most rewarding games I've had in months. Uh, I really cared about how roles went. Like I really, I wanted the army to do well and a lot of roles mattered more consistently than I have for my previous stuff. Um, probably because I'm playing an army that's less reliable, but that's just part and parcel of that. And um, I think by, I had a practice game against Dan and my game against Feck was a bit wobbly. I realised what can happen when you roll low charges and you can't get over screens. Had a good magic phase, but then basically from 
game two onwards, I felt like I was I, I was playing really well and learning each game. And then the only big mistake I made, I think, was I used the wrong wizard to cast cogs in my final game against the change host because he was in range of uh, the Lord of Changes Ridiculous 40 yeah. whatever spell. Unbind. Yeah. yeah, but I got it. That was the only spell I got off in that game but i got it off quite luckily um, and that was just a, a, like a stupid i just hadn't considered it because you look at the table and you're like well everything's 35 inches away what could possibly happen um but yeah i, I, I felt it, felt that i played it pretty well and i mean the, the odd thing that's possibly worth discussing is i didn't lose a unit of dogs for the single like in a single game for the entire event they survived everything i lost nine dogs in total in all of my games added together um, which shows just how much of the lifting the dragons are doing. And the dogs are just running fast in the backfield, standing on things or, or, or aren't even needed. Like, they're cool, I've scored one objective and your army's gooed up and I've scored all of mine for the last three turns, so I'm ahead. Yeah. Did you find, um, I know you were worried about taking the death list before, are you rewarding to take death? Mm-hmm. Do, you think, do you think now that, if you played that list again, would you change it or would you play? Do you just think you just need to play more of it? Mm, so that there is a different way you could take it uh, with the ethereal amulet and probably dropping cogs for geminids. I know it's still cogs is still strong, but you can get geminids and another spell, and the, the it depends on realms and stuff. But you do have five spells, which is quite a lot, um, especially if you've got arcane. That's obviously very helpful. And the phase can be really scary. So if you had, is it overwhelming? No, what's the spell that's minus one to hit? Overwhelming Dread. It is that one. Yeah, so if Overwhelming Dread and Geminids and Nefrata's ability, and you pay like a more counter-charged, passive-aggressive version of the list where you potentially do have to use your sites to bring dogs back because they're a screen and you let your opponent come to you. Um, you play a list that is made for giving away the first turn um, or it doesn't matter so much. And in which case you could actually drop the formation as well. So that opens it right up. You could take Arcan in that if you wanted and take a yeah. really weird, janky, like, I don't know, like three or, or four. Manfred. Yeah, <laughs> that's a very different list. Because <laughs> um, Manfred, Manfred actually... It's so good. Uh, it's so good. <laughs> like, Can't tell uh, how good he is. He's in my <laughs> list. It's so good. Yeah, he's he's the more talk that I'm, I'm looking. And he is actually, he's got the vampire keyword as well. Um, is he not vampire, vampire lord? No, he doesn't. I'm just oh, checking that. Yeah, I uh, I looked at that earlier. <laughs> but his his command ability is reroll hit and wound rolls of one for death units within range. It's like fifteen inches. So if you're that taking, it, it's so good. I think um, the thing about the formation, you're locked into that. You are because it obviously Banford to what three eighty now. Yeah, three eighty. And the throne you said was three hundred, uh-huh. and the formations a hundred, uh, and fifty, and some, yeah. Well, so you you could basically buy Manfred and have change. How many? Yeah. So you get seventy points for dropping the throne and the formation. Yeah, and then that could be another dog unit just to give you another scoring unit. And then you got Manfred and Neferata on the board, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Manfred and Nephi, and then um, two dragons. Mm-hmm. And the uh, other maybe... thing, you could upgrade one dragon to Vordry. Yep, or you could go unit of 10 dogs, which is more worth it for summoning, or in fact, what I would possibly be tempted to do, just to 
make the use of all the casting is you could be rocking like several cheap semi crappy endless spells um and then you could be blocking up space with those or just the amount of breath weapons you've got in that list is you want to add up your sources of potential yeah. long range threat and manfred's a two two cast wizard and he can take um the the other lore as well so he could take fading vigor which makes Minus. you Minus one attack, attack and one d6 on the charge. Yeah, but I think um, it, it's uh, it's interesting. I actually really like blood just because I think it makes the dragons more consistent. Um, it does. But, if you take blood knights in it ever, they go crazy for killing crap. <laughs> yeah, but they're just so overpriced. <laughs> um, I think I always like the one unit of some summonable fighting unit that can be necromancered and can blob around an objective and be yeah. re-bought back even, um, even just 20 skeletons is cheap and you can get a tiny footprint attacking twice with spears and really surprising people uh 40 40 skeletons with spears is really scary especially if you take legion at night yeah um and and to be honest if you if you go into the death rattle formation because the problem is is the command points so you because you can't buy them now you kind of need a and and a lot of these armies techie armies they want low drops and what yep. i like about the hordes of skellies is that when you play stuff like um sonesh or whatever they go in and they'll they'll kill half the skeleton unit but 20 skeletons re-roll in with loads of attacks is still enough to kill a keeper yeah so you can kill 20 skellies you can kill 30 skellies it's fine it doesn't matter and they're in range of four grave sites. They will grow back. And then you attack them again. It's just like it's just like uh, it's such a tar pit. That's why um, chain rasts are really good. Yep. Um, because you always got that five up, and forty of those is what two eighty battle well, line. What's their reach? Just one. Just, just one. Doesn't matter. So they've got less attacks back at the thing potentially than yeah. But if you're going to go down to like twenty models, they'll still all attack anyway. So yeah. It's, I don't know. I think um, Manfred's the Mortark that I've not really run, and the new points excite me um, for Manfred. He's so good. He's so good. Maybe go Manfred, one dragon, Nephrot approach, skeleton formation. Yeah, probably. Yeah, That's an interesting list. Because if you can get the Graveguard in as well, they're, they're super good. They're um, in the formation, aren't they? Yeah, in the Death Rattle one. And you have I think to it's take a White King, a white Grave Guard, and some skellies. One unit of Black Knights, but they're not necessarily a bad option for summoning back either. But they're okay. Yeah, yeah. they're, they're, they're bad. fast. Yeah, so I think there's definitely a list there. I, I, I um, Nefrat is one of those weird ones because she's like a, a she's a command point hog, mm-hmm. uh, but her ethereal spell is so good. And if you go into um, uh, you go into the right realm, you you could literally go well. Nefrat would go around and hunt shit. Manfred will go with a dragon, but but um, the Frat will make him ethereal. Yeah. Um, but then I really like Mortis Engines as well. It's like two Mortis Engines. It's, it's so good for the heal and the mortal wound burst and the screening. The, I think the difficulty with the Mortis Engines is if you take two, you don't potentially you don't have as many things to be recipients of their healing, like really taking it. Like if you had, it's very hard to get like two big threats, like well, two zombie dragons. Yeah. Well, it's like dropping one of the Mortarks, so you would run like double Mortis Engineers 360. Yeah. So that that essentially could be the uh, Coven Throne and the um, uh, Formation. Formation. So you could have two Dragons and a Frater and two Mortis Engines. Yeah. And and actually you can literally sandwich Nefrata between the two Mortis <laughs> Engines 
and then you go in and you go, oh, Legion of Blood, you're minus one bravery. So actually, the screams on the Banshees are more consistent. They do mortal wounds off the spirits anyway. And then they've got the 4d6, everything takes d3 mortal wounds twice, and all your stuff heals 2d3 mortal wounds twice. Yeah. And actually, Mortis Engines. Horrible, horrible double turn. Yeah. It's it's like fast as hell as well. Like, you know, like she's moving 16, they're moving 16, the dragons are moving 14. It's like, that's so quick. And you can blob that, and it's it's really scary. I know you lose the four inches from the formation, but who cares? That's a, that's a coggy list, isn't it? That yeah. one as well. Yeah, and I think I think some of the options you can do with these seldom seen units is uh, is still really super solid. Thelbats, um, Fargeists. There's some there's some speedy stuff there, um, and just like rocking out ten dialogues, like they're really good on the charge against. Yeah. Quite and a lot if you, of things. If you wanted to run a corpse cart, I think you can get them to a four up armor save and you can get yeah. plus one to cast. Yeah, the corpse cart is a very like for eighty points it's an absolute bargain. And if you're not running Arkham, um you probably don't need it nearly as much if you do have him, although he'd become incredibly reliable. But that's um, it. Mortis Engines gives you plus one to cast as well. Yeah. So if you've got both, it's plus two to cast. That makes your magic so reliable. It does. Cogs on a five is a very big deal. Um and the damage spells as well, even like ignoring them not it doesn't affect whether they go off as a double or not but just being able to get um vile transference or something like that and heal some wounds back you're adding onto these other themes that you've got in the list i think there's a lot of coherency there's some really cool stuff but you look at it and you know that it's not it's a little bit behind the able basically yeah it is but i think it, it's uh it's a bit more of a player's army for sure yeah it's um, your tits off for it I think as well, like your list, you you kind of your grave sites don't really do anything in your list. Where it's like <laughs> I didn't you've got this allegiance <laughs> ability that basically is doing next to nothing, um, and actually by taking like a unit of forty chain rasps or 30, 40 skellies, or whatever, those grave sites suddenly become really important. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. It's an interesting one whether you some of the stuff you play around the list, but then as soon as you go away from a formation, and this is the problem I find with the Legion book, because there's one formation in each Legion, yeah. you effectively have to take that, and then by taking it, your army's so pigeonholed that you end up going, well, actually, I just won't take a formation, but then your army's like 10 drops, yeah, and you've your command point starved, So because you're going to have like two, because you're going to buy one, and you're going to have one for the army. That's so why I think the skeleton one is a, a solid option if you are going down that. But then again, you've just... Because you are going to add a necromancer in, probably, if you're oh, running that. 100%. If you run like, any any summonable combat unit, necromancer is an auto-include. So then you're instantly talking about like whatever it is for, for a battle line-style-based formation. You're getting one character that you wouldn't care about otherwise, the White King. You're adding the necromancer in, and suddenly it's, what, like 850 points? Um, they're yeah, not bad. But it's a lot of your army gone. Yeah, it is, uh, and I think the um, you have to make that judgment call whether you you move away from the big guys or if you're going to specialize in the big guys, then you you might just you might not bother the formation, but you might just want one unit of bodies. Whether well, you just yeah, you play to not need command points or items. You'd be like, well, it's yeah. no brainer um, and a bit boring, but ethereal amulet done. Um, mm-hmm. Start the game with one command point. Can't afford. But that's to why I like Manfred. It's like. You pop his command ability affects everything, and you're not tempted. You're not gonna pop it multiple times, and yeah. you still got one in the bank. 
Uh, and then if but you're lucky enough to have or, commanding yeah. terrain or whatever, it'll make a big difference. But um, he's think... so good. <laughs> so I ran him all weekend. I ran him all weekend. He's so good. <laughs> oh, did you play him eggs? Yeah. Oh, okay. So what? What did you take? That you took grief. Yeah, I took Manfred, Alinda, um, a Necro, and the King. Twenty Haridans, um, three times ten Chainrass. Uh, two times fifteen blade gas revenants. Nice. And like a man point. And it is. I put the brooch on the necro, but Manfred yeah. is so good because he's fifty. It's because it's old, not old book, but you know what I mean. Like it's fifteen it's inches within. Yeah, not holy. So my Haridans are three attacks base with Van Hells on them. Sixes to wound or double damage. It's two hundred and eighty points with a four up save ethereal for twenty of them. Ethereal. Uh, fours we roll in ones. Threes we roll in ones. You know, minus one, one. They're they're just so good. Harridans. Yeah, because remember the, the, like the brain... banshee ones with the little sidearms. Yeah. Wow. Attack space. When and you're um, the wound, wow. the double damage. When you were talking about your list, I'm like, it. It's just confusing to hit. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen so, anyone run them. So, so you have to do Linda as the, the general. She has to be in grief. Because yeah. I wanted to run, I wanted to run Manfred, but if you run a Mortark, Linda has to be there and be the general. So I had to have a Linda. I put the yeah, king in still command that, points. <laughs> yeah. oh, my list would so have been so put... good if it wasn't for rules that I have to adhere to. I had the Knight of Shrouds um, in originally for the plus one attack on the Harridans to make them even better. But then I just I wanted to run the king and the queen together after ringing forbid- forbidden power. So I put Kurdos in. And then I have my little necro with the brooch on because he can sit in behind everybody with the shrug wounds and just mm. keep the brooch alive. God, that's a but, powerhouse of a character, isn't it? What a utility piece. <laughs> but then my Manfred is like 16-inch move, hits like a truck, casts a spell to give himself plus one to hit on his sword. He heals two if he slays a model. He can give. He can buff the entire army because remember he buffs the blade gas revenant. He buffs the blade gas revenants as well, so yeah. they, do, they don't need anyone near them because they they don't need the spirit of torment. Yeah. yeah. Um and then he just sits in the middle of the army and then just does mass damage like when he when he comes out to play late turns. So like mm. the army is actually really good because Alinda can stay behind them. You know, because he's he's yeah. more of a distraction piece as well because you have to deal with what it kind of like takes the pressure off Alinda a little bit. Yeah, because she just sits behind and then when someone comes in to try and get Manfred, you just okay, my turn, so then Linda's gonna lift the veil, she's gonna do a once per game D six mortals, she's gonna cast I put Shroud of Terror on her, which is the deep minus D three bravery. Yeah. And then she's gonna wail at you when you're like bravery three in the oh, wow. you know, in the in the in the shooting phase. And yeah. the difference is mortal wounds. So it's a really good combo. Oh, if you had a um, Mantis engine in there, you could have a horrible turn. Yeah. So Manfred is really, really good. And so is Alinda, but the problem I had during the weekend was Alinda dies to a stiff breeze. And I played Toby with four Vermin Lords who just took her off in like five seconds. And then once you lose her, you can't recycle the units. I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, massive, isn't it? Because it's, it's all fun and games when you can throw your Haridans in who do like who do mass damage with Van Hells, all the blades, but they did, they died to a counter charge. How did Alinda get taken out? Did she have to be in front? I mean, what was the... Well, it was... It was shifting objectives. I'm not sure. Squatch there, sorry. Yeah. And and because she's... I put her in the middle of the army to keep her safe. But it's just the spell damage, isn't it? The mortal mm. wounds just go straight through. So, dreaded... Is it dreaded warp gale? The 13 yeah, dives yeah. four up. And over a double turn, it was just too much. 
just yeah. so you got seven wounds. I can't do any. You know, it's seven wounds on a six up against mortals. Yeah, yeah. Um, she doesn't she, like she, those mortals. She she didn't die in the other games. Um, but it's just anyone who's got mortal wound damage just annihilates her. So because even Giselle shooting, you know, sixes to hit the two mortals. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's scary. just you're just like okay, well, minus one to hit from lookout said, but the Giselles don't really care because they reroll. They're just fishing for sixes. They just fish for sixes. Yeah, yeah. and then that's not like Skaven to, to like have an answer to everything, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. So I was like, oh, cool. And then I, I mean, I still nearly, nearly did it, but obviously at some point you have to remember that you're running an this. The king just does absolutely nothing. I was going to say, like, the king is just like wasted points, he, right? No, he had one moment against my brother in the last game where he charged over the sequitors into the castellan who had like six wounds. Epic. And I thought, okay, he's going to take the mace to his head. He's got five attacks, hitting on threes, and he just rolled loads of ones and twos, and, and then obviously died to the Sequitas Great Maces, and I was like, cool. Was that like some <laughs> hammer to your face? Is that what it was? Yeah, I was trying to. Yeah, I was trying, but yeah, he got absolutely battered. Um, he's oh, just not man. very good at all. He's not a wizard. He uh, only moves that's the biggest speed. thing, and he's slow, he and it, reach. He can't run a charge. He can't teleport. He does, he does no. absolutely nothing. Um, in t- I mean, obviously, if he gets into combat against five up save 20-unit models, he can also do some damage, right? He's minus two rend, six is to wound, a d6 damage. Like, he's okay, but... Yeah, I, mean, I accepted that when I ran him. I just, I just I got carried away reading Forbidden Power. So, did I he, did that. Um, does he, like... Uh, did you have any, like, cool command steal moments? I did against Tom. So against Maudsley in the first round, the only command point he stole all weekend, and Tom was like, oh, please don't steal it. I really need it, because he only started with one. Yeah. And stole it, and he was like, oh. <laughs> so he kind of kept his army back, because he wanted to wait until he had more to, to do the double five-ups. Because yeah. he wanted to do... He obviously wanted one big turn where he could put all the buffs on the chain rasps. But, so he helped in that regard, but then, yeah, he didn't really do a whole lot. I mean, I wouldn't obviously run him normally. I just wanted to, because I, I don't think there's any argument really where he's even worth it, because now he only steals the command point you get for your turn. So like yeah. Stave, when I played them, they were like, okay, so on a three off, I get a command point. I get a command point for my turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get a command point back. I get one for turning okay. up. I get one because I've got yeah. a tail. I get one because I've got warp stone. I get one yeah. because I'm Skaven. Hashtag I already got Skaven. that one right. I'll get another two. Get another D3, because why not? And then against, um, he was like, it was like, okay, so I use this command point, I get the grief command ability, and I have the brooch. So two dice on a five up, I get it back. And I'm like, you know, people have so many more ways of generating command points now that stealing one doesn't really matter at all. No. Um, Especially that stupid terrain, which, like, obviously, I say this as someone who reaped the benefits of it. It, it that is I was commanding way, a, it's way more powerful than arcane. Is there, like arcane gives you a better chance to get something off commanding just gives you like something that they've decided in the game is so powerful that it, you now can't buy them it's just like hey here's one for free potentially every turn of the game my god yeah man yeah and again i quite like that the game engine. <laughs> oh, it means I mean, you also have to account for it when you play you have to sense yeah. it enable towards it just to make sure that it's nice that your opponent matters. can't take advantage right that that yeah. felt really cool in eggs i hadn't had that for forever apart from like is there arcane? Is there a line of sight blocker? Like it, it was a consideration. Now I got screwed over by the um, entangling twice. Oh, that cost me the game against Tom. Really? I, I had a charge of my Harridans with Van Hells, and they were within one of entangling, and I rolled a three, which meant the charge was a one, and I couldn't charge. Oh man! Uh, and I didn't have a CP to re-roll it because I didn't have I didn't have the command trait or anything like that. So I was like, oh. 
I was like, cool. So, and then it was Tom's turn next, and he just deleted the Harridans with the chain rasps because I cast grief stricken on them as well and everything. Yeah. So how so that, they, what when you said about what Tom was doing with the command points because he obviously had the the combo of um, the brooch and the command ability, which I think is the it's the, the same as the brooch. craven or whatever it is, just double brooch, same thing. Yeah. But what was he putting on the chain rasp horde that was that was effective? Everything. Then? What was he doing? All, the, all the new command abilities. Did we roll yeah. of one. He's re-rolling hits on it. He's already got the wounds because it's ten or more. He's re-rolling um, once to save. Is it you can put on them now yeah. as well? Yep. Yeah. Um, he's putting on the um, he had the night shroud and horse, so plus one attack on them. Um, yep. Obviously, Van Hell's on them. Um, but the thing is, that Tom, you know, well, I say Tom is this, but you know, the, the grief in general with the Harrow is the Harrow has the brooch and the command tray who can sit safely in the corner, unlike me, with Belinda yeah. is you know, in, in the forefront of it. And, and then when he needs to summon a unit back, he just teleports yeah. to the graveside yeah. and goes, ah, here you go. You can recycle all units without fear, and more often than not, you're generating more and more command points. Because every time... So if you roll the bro- if you roll it, you get two five-ups. You immediately just spend another one and roll two more dice. So you can get into a, a six, seven, eight command... By turn 10, I think you have about eight command points. You can get like, so, so yeah. powerfully. Which meant every single unit I was fighting was souped up to the max. Like, the, the best Tom could do it. And he had the Banshees as well. Um, so it was... It, it's just really effective having those, that combination. And having your general safe away from anything in the corner of the board. Man, imagine if he was on commanding terrain, you'd just be like, what? <laughs> but, he could tele- but he could teleport there, right? Yeah, he could just and teleport then- to the terrain, right? Yeah, and then do it. Because you'd put your gravesite next to it, obviously, pre-game. Because you'd see commanding and go, well, gravesite's going there, isn't it? And then you just put the harrow on it and go, units back for free. So, yeah, yeah it, is, it is pretty gross. But Manfred was really cool. I felt some... Some some games I felt where I pushed him forward too much and he was I lost the roll off or he was deleted. Like I lost to Tom, but had I won turn two roll off, I would have done horrible things to his heroes and won. But he won it obviously. Um, and the same with a Skaven player. Um, if I won turn three, but my problem I lost Scorched Earth not because of grief, but because my opponent rolled two threes for the burn and I rolled two ones. Oh, that sucks. I, um, and I lost yeah. by two, and I was just like, why is this not a flat two? Like, I, uh, yeah, yeah, that's just, just I, in my that, moment. I'm like, come on. That's the problem with a D3 because you burn it and get a one, and you're like, well, that was a waste of time. Against Laurie, I they... burnt three and got less than he got from two, and it felt really, really oh, sad. That's rubbish, isn't it? I got five. Yeah, and I, got, I got, I think, yeah, I got four. I got four from three, and he got five from two, and it was just like, oh, are you kidding? <laughs> I remember it. So at Adepticon, it was like, well, we're out to get like seven on. 3d3 to draw and i win a minor or eight to win a major and i'm like on average 3d3 is six he gets eight wins the major and i'm just like man yeah yeah i'd like if it was i'd like it if it was two but you know it is kind of suspenseful and yeah i just i just think it can take it away from me because we both played a good game and toby had just like because he even felt bad he was like oh sorry man i know because he rolled the three and i was like man that's that's the score you know and I was like, but I also feel like I'm punished on dice there, not really from the yeah, game. Yeah, not on decision. Because yeah, we both so. burnt two, but Toby's obviously benefited better from it um, and won the game as a result. But there's no nothing else happened other than those four dice rolls. And, and, could, and likewise, if I'd have rolled two threes and he rolls two ones, that's the side of the game. Like, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like, I do that. Yeah, I burnt mine forever. 
But, totally yeah, played for. But I do feel with death, getting onto the theme of playing death, and this is the opposite, I think, to what Byron was just talking about, is when you do play recycling units and hordes, it's exhausting. You know, the identity of the army of losing all your units, bringing them back, having to do all your parlings, make sure all your units are within nine, all your heroes. Because that's another thing. Alinda needs to be in nine of the gravesite to bring a unit yeah. back to that gravesite. Um, so it's so your opponent always knows roughly where the unit's going to be coming back based on where Alinda is. So you have to kind of place all your gravesites together. So if she gets into the middle, she can use all of them. Like, it is exhausting having to move those units around. I don't, and whilst the big monsters and the heroes are punchy and fun, I'm harried into quite, I know, I know, I know they're good, but the problem is, like, it, it, a five-game weekend wears you down, whereas Byron's approach with the big monster hunt is a lot oh, more fun because turns right. are quick, turns are fast, so you're doing good. high damage. I um, think, but I, I find that I normally take a mix. That's why it's not so bad. So what put me off playing Nighthorn and Grief to some extent, to be honest. Yeah, and that is a thing. I think that is a problem with Death's identity is at the moment in the game they feel like this regenerating horde, which is thematic and like does does go to the law, obviously. Like, it's wrong it with encourages the spam, doesn't it? It's like, cool, yeah. well, I can get things back for free, so better have 30 of it. Um, yeah, this is why you see Tony with Nagash and, and three units of dogs or Byron you know, with, the, with the dragons. It's because it's not, it's not fun to play. Like, I love my grief, but pushing... Blades and chain wraps around all weekend to get slaughtered and then bring back and do it again and get slaughtered and bring back. Like I felt every game goes to turn five. You can't win early um, or be or take control early. You're often playing from behind. You're often reliant on a dice roll for a priority because if death gets doubled, bad things happen. It doesn't like, take it nicely, yeah. does it? Mm-hmm. Your heroes disappear and then you go, hmm, I wasn't going to bring that unit back, but now I can't. Oh, and the, the yeah, swings are so heavy, like, oh, that unit yeah. was alive with one guy and I had a hero, it's now all back. Uh, Russ had this yeah. with uh, Feck, I think, quite a lot. Yeah. You, you just won one swing, like when you played Richie, I think, at the on table five, um, in whatever heat it was, I think you had one of your units survive with one guy out of six. Uh, oh, one... the Bristol game. Yeah, we did watch. Yeah, yeah and it, like, that, like... That you're like you could be literally one wound away from the game being completely flipped on its head. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah that was cool. think, <laughs> that's, that's probably my issue with death at the moment is it's not attractive to, to play it. I don't know because because of the horde element, like the monsters. Yeah, but I don't think you have to go ridiculous. Like, go I mean, I played death armies that had like two twenties of Grimgast. That's not hordy. That's fine. You know, and that was still competitive. Three units of dogs, some characters. It was fine. And I, I played at the Six Nations, like not this year, but the year before, 18 spirit host characters, Arcan, Mortis Engine. That fine. Uses the gravesites in a different it, way, doesn't it? it you know, start dying, mm-hmm. but they come, they come. Yeah, It still works. Fine, but I don't know, with grief, I don't, you don't really have Grief's that different. Grief's different because you, you, can't, you can't take your big characters. You can't take your vampire on Zombie Dragon, which is in my opinion, the best model in the death range uh, in terms of, like, from look and also playability. Just saying, like, just looking Legion. down at the table, I was just so happy to see the big guys there, know that they would do uh, good shit and that they looked awesome. And then as soon as you want a Mortark and they're awesome, you've got to have a Linda because she's like, she's like, if you look at all the other Mortarks, if you say she's a Mortark of grief, right, and you look at all the other Mortarks, she's like, she's like the the, the ginger stepchild Mortark. Yeah, the poopy you know? yeah. Like She's like the poopy one. She's like the little annoying sister Mortark, basically. 
where you know you've got these cool badass ones and then she's here like but i'm a mortal too you know like seven moons don't think so like you know yeah, where's, where's your where's your ebon clawed mount and your you know your amazingness your and she's like, oh, i left it at home <laughs> i left it at home then, yeah she just well, melts the celestin prime you know in the story she just crushes him and i'm but like where cool. is that she's so not she even could that. melt she doesn't do that on the on the tabletop no, she, says she lifts her veil. Yeah, but she's dead by one. Yeah. <laughs> she gets a ballista to the face. Yeah. You, know, oh. you should have sent Satobi, my skating player, come over from 40k. He runs a 40k YouTube channel. And he was saying, like, oh, so she's a mortar. So how many moons does she have? And when I said seven, he looked at me and he went, really? And I went, yeah. And he went, oh, right, okay. As if I instantly thought, well, she's dead then. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Because I can't That's really it. move her mid-board. And I can't yeah. move out of my deployment to try and get across the board in Scorched Earth without putting her at risk. I just grief was like one of those. I looked at it and I went, I don't. I like Nighthorn. I like the Nighthorn units. I like the Blade guys. I think they're cool. I do like Linda, but she is fragile. And I was like, the gravesite mechanic's cool, especially when you can use it on Blade guys. And then I was like, but, but the problem is, you you can't have a vampire on zombie dragon. And 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 of all of it, it's like that's a problem. If you can't have that model, I mean, that's I a problem. I can attest to that. I had so much fun. Um, also kind of going back to what James said like I felt because I, I chose my army quite carefully for this weekend I wanted to play something that was very very different from Bones players and I also wanted to play something that was not easy to play well that that doesn't explain it well but something where I um, I didn't have too many things to think about so the things that I was doing I could concentrate doing well so I had Four war scrolls. One was dogs. Basically, you just they've got movement ten. That's it done. So you don't need to worry about anything else. They do uh, the way I was playing anyway. Um, don't forget the slavering charge. Oh yeah, I got reminded about that by, by an opponent. Um, so you've got your poopy dogs. Uh, they're running around fairly fast. Um, the like Nefrata's not in combat that much. She moves day quick too. So basically, you're remembering what your zombie dragons do and what Nefrata does, and you know that your friend's kind of poopy. But I felt that I had exactly what I needed on the table to be able to make the best decision each time, which is kind of like uh, playing Iron Jaws can be, where you're like, right, what are my priorities? What are my objectives? I need to stand exactly here. I need to make these charges. And what buffs or tools do I have at my disposal, terrain or whatever it is, to make the things that are going in more effective or help them last longer or just annoy my opponent the most? And that is really easy when you don't feel overwhelmed by the amount of stuff you have to do because you don't have that much stuff to do. So every phase I felt, it was three-hour rounds as well, which is a factor, but I didn't feel rushed. I felt I had a lot of options, and there was a really interesting choice for which ones I picked. Like, do I double buff all Neferata? Do I uh, buff each zombie dragon, not use Neferata, and then save one for reroll charges because my charges are important? Um, which spells do I use? Uh, do I hold this back? Do I, like, suicide some dogs, whatever? Um, each of the phases I didn't feel rushed I had several options and the choice of choosing like trying to choose the right one was genuinely enjoyable uh, so I like I had a like as far as enjoyment goes and learning I had a wicked time although I definitely learned nothing about grave sites but I could change that by changing the list how we've discussed yeah I think um, it, the good thing about death is there are so many options um, they'll look good as well which is a factor yeah. like you, you, you it's not like oh i don't want to take that because the the unit doesn't look great or it's horrible to build actually it's a, it's quite a nice range to assemble everything is just like well that'll look cool i'll put it on a base like the rest of my stuff it'll look great 
Yeah, and I yeah, think the, we should. The models are really cool. We should say as well, like props to Maudsley who took the event out with Legion of Grief. He did. Um, well, that's so the right his... form of grief, isn't it? Yeah. You know, he's, he's got the Harrow, he's got the Banshees, he's got the Revenants, he's got high damage, the right buffs. That's where grief can really shine, though. But it sounds to me like you 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 gave him a run for his money, and you 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 know well, on a different day and a different no, different I just time. Completely and utterly mess, messed up. I, I lost in deployment, you know, because I worked at a table and I'm ten, in the around I'm 10 drops and I thought whoever I'm playing is going to outdrop me and go on the objectives and I won't be able to get them off because I can't bring my, I bring my heroes up safely because the Linda yeah. and, and the Necromancer aren't really tanky. And then Tom literally went, oh no, I'm 12 drops. And I didn't clock at that point. I should have gone first because in my head, my strategy normally is all characters on the line all units in the grave sites, which I put next to the objectives, move yeah, them all yeah. forward, bring them all up as screens and just sit there for three turns. Yeah. But, be- but because we've done two tequilas and I was feeling a little bit queasy, I looked at Tom. <laughs> You're going to my tequilas? Went, no, no, because Tom had them as well. But I looked at Tom <laughs> and I said, I said, oh, yeah, but you, well, you, you just take remember. the first turn. And he must have, he tried, he couldn't, he couldn't have got out of his chair fast enough to <laughs> go, right, okay, I'm moving this foot. I just started doing stuff just to make sure he my mind. <laughs> the what? the thing is as well like Tom's obviously veteran of the suicide tequila shots he so he's got all that practice so he's, well, he's no, he trained hustle. for that he got hustled, hustled by yeah. the captain hustled he, by the captain no he knows what he's doing he asked <laughs> me before my game to come over Coach at hustle. a specific time and make tequila shots sound like a good idea um, and he I was gonna it. he was gonna act like he didn't think it was that a great idea but he was kind of up for fun and uh, yeah we all had it planned out that's uh that's next level planning. Amazing. <laughs> but I knew, you know, the minute you do that and Tom moves on to the objectives and he's like, right, I score three. You just look at it and think, oh. I'm in trouble. Because <laughs> I can't get a Linda and my Necro onto the objectives in, in, that, in that turn now. And it's going to be at least turn two or three when they arrive, if they arrive. And Tom can always just, you know, run beyond. Because once he starts scoring, he can just kill my heroes. Yeah. So we can it's score one and kill your heroes in the game. Yeah, and my heroes are so fragile. So, yeah, you know, it's, but, but yeah, so the, his list anyway, it's not my list, but his list is, is much more competitive grief. And the list you mentioned, Ross, yeah, less Horde style. I do think death is in a good place in the sense of, like, there's a lot of variance. If you play death, you can build lists to, to cope with most things. Yeah. You, know, you, you have your trade-offs, but there's a lot, there's a lot in death that can answer <laughs> a lot. Yeah, there is. I think the magic helps a lot. I think well, um, bloody great. We haven't covered that, but my god, like your selections are cast so good. Yeah, your selections the, are wicked. That's that's the one thing about grief that I go. You like I've got all the best things of Legion except the spell law, and the spell yeah. law is just. I really missed it as well. Perfection. Dread, Dread, Dread oh. Withering minus one save cast on a five is really good. Right, it is really good. But when you do that much weight of dice with Van Hells, you don't really need it. And the spell lore in Nighthorn and um, in the Legions are so good. Like it's when you just roll like, that ten on Overwhelming Dread and you just get oh, it twice, and it's oh, like, so oh, good. what was so that? Good. And then you go, I'll cast Vigor. Oh, I got that twice too. So and you're like, suddenly that Witch Elf unit is like minus two to hit and minus two attacks, and you're just like, yeah, you're mine. Can now. I tell you about my uh, my game against uh, the Grisogor? So I played yeah, them man. the first time with an arm. Well, I played them once with Bonesplitters, and we know how that went. And this was the first time playing them in, in a situation where I, 
I was worried. So he popped up a screen and I thought, right, I can get over that screen. Um, got got Cogs off. He's got 40 ghouls, two terrorgeists, and his uh, make his rev, like make 20 dudes guy. And then he's got ghoul patrol. That's it, yeah. Um, he's got ghoul patrol. They're going to come on. So I need to go over, pin his terrorgeist, hopefully kill one or two, and um, start things off like that. So I get off Cogs. Um, I get off pinions. Things are looking good. I rock over, and then I roll a three, a three, and a four for my charges, and no one can make it over the ghoul screen. So, unsurprisingly, I kill that ghoul screen really well, like really well. Um, <laughs> with Poor two dra- save ghouls. Yeah, with uh, forty with uh, Neferat and two dragons, um, including breath weapons. Um, I think one of them could reach a. a like, neither of them could reach anyone apart from the revenant so I, I go for the character i can get him just about with bites so he's not getting 20 goals for free that's okay he has his turn things start getting very confusing so neferata didn't make her charge or she's she's out out of the way where the goal screen was um he charges uh one uh terrorgeist into her one into uh, a zombie dragon goes into the zombie dragon i'm like oh god this is worrying i've only got a six up save no sixes no sixes again, and when he dies, no sixes again. So my Vampire Lord and Zombie Dragon survives on, like, uh, six wounds, or maybe even more than that, like seven or nine. And um, then the other one goes over to Neferata, rolls one six, re-rolls the misses, and just gets three sixes. So she pops, like, instantly. Screens are down, <laughs> debuffs are down. I'm like, oh, my God, what happens that if she gets... Horrendous. It's just, like, she's gone. Like, my defenses are absolutely down. Like, I've got, like a cloak left on one zombie dragon and a limping other one and he's got a fully unwounded terrorgeist he's lost the other one and ghoul patrol's about to come on i get the double i'm still really up against it i'm like screw it here's my magic phase i can see one path so i shoot um amaranth line orb which i we've, we realize does damage to your own units as well i have no choice because of ball positioning to shoot it through my own poopy throne Shoot it through my poopy throne. It goes off as double. So I do six wounds to my throne. I do nine to one of the terrorgeists. And then poopy throne does his, um, uh, what's the siphon one? Uh, oh, the, uh, yeah, yeah. That that one. The, no, no, the one you made. The D3 yeah. wounds and you get. D3 goes off twice and heals itself for 2D3. Right? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it goes Amazing. off twice. I nearly kill the zombie jet. Like, I get the terrorgeist down to two wounds remaining, heal back all the wounds I've taken, and I'm like, oh, well, pinions, get it off as a double, and then my, my dragon and the other guy just teleport across the table to. Um, like zip up some terror guys he's had because I've got the, I've got the two dragons alive, um, and yeah, it like the phase just went absolutely nuts. Um, and you like you just have the potential at any time. Like it's way better when you're in combat with stuff or you're close to combat. Your wizards yeah. are up in the action. If it's not, you're like great. Double pinions is the only thing that's useful. Um, you can't make two things ethereal with Neferata or something ridiculous like that and stuff isn't really in range to debuff when you've got stuff to her or stuff to debuff it's absolutely crazy so i think that's another reason for those like it's something you don't be looking at stats but a zombie dragon is going to be in the thick of it neferata is probably going to be within 18 or 12 of stuff so if you're not playing those wizards if you've got like a necromancer at the back or arcan at the back even with his buff it's great but it is not the same as being able to put an orb through something twice um and do like six wounds um or be able to like the healing on that spell is ridiculous like if that goes off twice you could have have 
a limping zombie dragon on two wounds left, drink your sippy cup and get 2d3 wounds back. That is crazy. Um, you do not have that option if your wizards are sitting in the back on commanding terrain being pussies. It's the only army yeah. in the game wherever I play against it, every spell they cast, I'm like, please don't roll the nine. <laughs> just because if they do though it's huge like yeah. and All because of these they are cast four to five a turn they should they should maybe get one a turn right yeah. you yeah. can't control which one it is but they're all so big like yeah. double overwhelming dread on my eels is an absolute nightmare oh of course like minus to hit minus to hit minus to bravery minus to it's bravery minus, bravery, yeah. minus right. two hit right and minus two bravery so i'm bravery four and then they just start spamming damage spells and then there's always if a dragon playing on against the gash. blood as well. It's like you're playing against blood, or oh, that's another minus one. Yeah, yeah I really like that as well. Actually, even on the people thrown, that made a difference. Like playing against Lanesh with the high bravery, it still made me damage them D three a couple of times. Yeah. I think the um, like I still think there's legs in Manfred Nefrata double dragon, Legion oh. of Blood. Oh. Oh. It. Really? I mean, you don't have to do much to sell me on the idea of that because it's <laughs> Manfred it's is like... so good. Because then you wouldn't need uh, the dragon's um, command ability because you could just use Manfred's and be three yeah. rolling once. So then you're not worried about the command points, really. Yeah, you're yeah. getting four four things re-rolling. Why is Nefrath in there for her spell? Yeah, and, and you've also, got two ethereal vampires. Command is really good as well. Yeah, but you're not got as many points to spend. You could. Well, you'd have two, so you'd have like. Could drop her for the skeleton formation. Well, the thing is, you could use her command ability like twice defensively. So you blob up, pop, pop, minus two. When you get your go and you're going to be aggressive, you just pop the rerolls from Manfred. Yeah. And suddenly you're like, I don't care about the minuses to hit. I'm just going ham. Is it? Was yeah. it reroll to hit and to wound? Reroll ones to, to hit and wound. to wound. God, that's that's really good. Neferas, actually, she becomes like 15. she becomes insanely reliable because she's they all do. she's twos to hit. They all do. They all become that amazing. Ability, it's uh, people forget about it because he was like four hundred and sixty points, whatever he was. But now he is so good, and he does so much damage himself. Yeah, he's he's so fighty. He's more he's damage a, than a dragon. Yeah. Yeah, he's a double caster. He gets plus one to hit on his sword. Four attacks or d3 damage. He's got two with the sickle, yeah. which are two damage. He's got six with the claws, which obviously degrade if he gets injured, but they're all two damage minus two rend. And he's got six spirit attacks. Like, he he's an absolute beat stick who buffs the whole army. Okay. Like, in that bubble, yeah. you could pop Neff to be minus one, pop Manfred to be re-rolling, take your dragons over, and just have a serious word with anything. And the thing is as well, like he negates the first wound that yeah, he takes. Turn. Oh, that's really good. And so then if he does turn. any wounds, you can add one to his cast and unbind. Yeah, which and I then the weekends. When he <laughs> casts yeah. a spell, he gets plus one he gets plus one to hit and to wound, so his sword is twos and twos. Re rolling ones. Nice. Yeah. And it's it's like it it it's does so, so much damage. It's so good. And also it's like because it, cause if he slays a single model, he hears two. So if you get a double, he can heal up pretty quick for a Mortark. I know all the Mortarks have that, but he has to damage the Slayer model. You know what I mean? Like it's not like Arkham where you're relying on maybe the claws. He he can hey, easily kill Arkham's the boy. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know you love your boy, but I'm just saying like Man- Wait, he's so consistent many... killing something. Wait, Arkham Arkham can fucking mix it up with the best of them. You, those judicators better watch out and tell him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Please, but. The downside to Manfred is he's the most expensive Mortark and a double turn usually sees him dead. 
How many points? So that's the trade-off. He's 380. I think he's, he's cheaper, than, isn't the Frata 400? I think she's 380 oh, she? as well. Yeah, I think she's I think she's 20 points more expensive. Than oh, because she's got the instant slay dagger thing, hasn't she? So she might yeah, be yeah, more. Yeah. Yeah. But either but way, I think, it's really cool. But then there could be a list with Manfred, Arkan, and Nefrata. They're like the super best friends. The Mortar. <laughs> you list. probably you probably wouldn't be in Legion of Blood if that was that when you you don't need no anything. Well, you could take a zombie dragon as well, but you could take any Legion you wanted. Go for could the you take sac- plastic sacrament probably plus one to cast. Yeah. Could you do four dry Mortis engine? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Sacrament Mortis engine. Zombie dragon. Um, corpse cart. Arcan would be at plus five, and Neferata and all the others would be at plus three. It's a good magic phase. Yeah. Yeah, and the magic would be crazy. Because well. actually, I even think like suffocating Gravetide would be good because just casting that as like a big blobby thing that you can't actually stand on would mean you could really mitigate the damage coming at you. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, well, if he's with Nefrata as well, then she's got the minus to hit bubble up. If if all of a sudden you can't hit Manfred, then the eleven wounds are less of an issue. Yeah, mm. you probably go. I mean, if you if they're your characters, that's a brooch army, right? That's a nineteen fifty points. Yeah. Um, skeleton formation brooch army potentially. Need that necro just for that brooch caddy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the brooch that's what caddy. I was in grief. He just walks around shrugging wounds with his brooch, and I'm just like, just roll a five up. He's like he's like the uh, he's like the Darren Watson or the Flavor Flav of the army. The bro life. He's there with his little brooch. It's like his big cl- alarm clock hanging around his neck. Because <laughs> he literally doesn't do it. Get hype! Wrong. Get hype! <laughs> Command point. Go. It, all weekend he literally stood in the middle of the Harridans and it was like cast Van Hells if he can, and then when I spend a command point, try and roll a five up. That is literally all he does. Mate, Necros are, are super sick. I love Necromancers. <laughs> he did bash a sequitur with his staff, though. Oh, Mate, that's the good. best thing. <laughs> right, I think we've talked a lot about Death. <laughs> um, There's options. Death are cool. We're all fans. There you go. Um, right, I think that'll about wrap it up, because we've, we've talked for like two hours now, so I think that's enough. But um, yeah, super cool. I, I'm looking forward to taking Manfred and Frater and Double Dragon. I think that's the list. Oh, I'm so tempted now. All I need it's to tempting, do, isn't all it? All I need to do, I've got an Arcan. All I need to do is just, um, he's pinned. Paint the new rider. Yeah, yeah. that's the same with me. I've got I've got all of that. I just have to paint a Manfred model. I think, and I've got two, I've got two um, Mortarks painted. So it'd just be a case of painting the Manfred model to plonk it on top of the other mount. Mm, tempting. I I, I was going to take Sonesh for the rest of the year, but I'm actually I, I'm I kind of I kind of over it. I don't really I don't really like it. I don't like it when everyone's like, oh Sonesh and oh everyone's playing Sonesh, and I'm like I don't really want to play it. You don't want to play and, like and, a left field weird like I don't know like three units of ten health striders strange list or something. I don't want to paint it. Okay, fair. To then play it. I mean, like for me, it's like I I I've kind of. I'm kind of settling and like Age of Sigma has been a weird experience for me because I kind of felt like I haven't really belonged anywhere and I keep like flirting with death and that, not in like, you know, driving fast down the road the wrong way or anything. I mean like the, the faction okay. itself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just, just, just trying to like drive across the wrong way down the motorway <laughs> or something. But um, I think for me, like, um, I I need to just I think I need to just stick with it. I can't. I've got so many armies. I just don't think I can play them all. And and death, it's always it's always been my favorite. So 
maybe I just need to go full on on death. You're at, um, you're at a stage now, which I think quite a few of us are getting to, where literally any army released, you you've possibly got half like half the army's released. You own half of already, so it's so tempting to be like, oh, all I need to do is like just what I did. Like, okay, I bought some bought some Finrigian walls, use them as die walls because they look quite cool, and build a dragon, and I've got an army. And now yeah. I'm in the same place with like silver death, five slayers, anything in order. Um, a load of death, uh, destruction. I'm in that spot as well. Like I'm halfway to yeah. an Iron Jaws army, blah, 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 uh, bone splitters. Um, I sold all my Iron Jaws cause I never played with them, but I've got, um, I've still got my beast claw. Yep. So who knows? <laughs> If I want to beat myself you're up. never you're never gonna play that. I tell you that. No, I you're never gonna play that. I'm the same, I've got no. ten armies, I played two of them. So my wife yeah. was like, when we moved house and she saw me unpack it all, she was like, This is not here at Christmas. And I was like, <laughs> hmm. I was like, but then I just ended up replacing it. You know what I mean? If I sold my Nurgle, yeah. I'm sure I'd just buy something else and have another army. Like always, I never yeah. thought I'd have two and a half K of Sinesh, but if here you I am. paint it, there's always some cabinets that just play that you can use for uh, for storage. I know. Rich is always like, "Oh, we should put more armies in the cabinets." And I'm like, "Well, could do." I'm but, tempted. I am tempted to have a bit of a purge and sell a lot of my stuff. Sometimes it's helpful got, for focus. I think. Yeah, I've got a KO army that is is sort of painted to basic table level. I took to X a few years ago, and although I think, "Oh, yeah, they're pretty good now," I just like you say earlier. I just don't think I enjoy playing with them. So why have I got to keep? Why I'm keeping them? It's the one that you refused yeah. to sell to me because I wanted to buy already assembled and. DC aligned models. I know. Not bitter. I refuse. <laughs> um, and it's like my corn. Like I've got a load of corn, and I, I did. I've done the blood first of this. I painted all the extra stuff. I've never played with it. I haven't even. I've painted Scarbrand. I've never used him. It's like what? I don't know. I've, maybe I should just get rid of it all and just be like deaths, deaths my faction. Everything else go away. That's what I'm doing. You could say that you're taking uh, death to like roughly every other event for the rest of the year or something like that, because then you've got. At least then you have a staple because you like you've been so far away. You've been different army for every event. If you were just different army for every mm. other event, then you'd still but, have something that you played a lot. But what I like about my death as well, like it's all at a level where just a little bit of paint work, it'll be competing for best like painting. Fancy, yeah, yeah. And I just need to do a little bit of effort on it to bring it up to another level. And for me, it's like, um, there, yeah. There's obviously something very exciting being announced probably by the time it's edited it will already been announced but is it Nefer uh, Arcanon 2 Zombie Dragons is now legit <laughs> that's the future that is the future that is the future because I'm just saying you um, could get that painted up pretty fast to a good level I've got it you've got it painted that's four models to bring up the standard it's, on it's all done yeah yeah I just have to put some work in to bring the bone up it's just fun um, just highlighting yeah. for two days I'm and then the there's Nagash that's it I have um Nagash is the best model I have ever started painting. I've got like a half half done Nagash. The level is obscene for for me at least, like proper like I would I, I took like a I'd like this to win awards on a single model basis yeah. approach. So if I get an excuse to do him again, that would be kinda cool. Oh, it's coming. Okay. <laughs> all, all, I, all I'm going to say is the tithe has to be paid and then we'll leave it at that. I'm literally right, guys. on boxing mine as we speak. <laughs> I won last week. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, that's it. Um, hopefully, I've not got in trouble. And uh, we'll, we'll speak to you soon. Thanks for listening, guys. Whatever it is that's coming, you can buy it from elmingamers.co.uk. Click through the banner and support us. Cunts. I mean, friends. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you soon. All right, then. Bye. See you. Later. See you.
Bye. To make sure you don't miss out on any more Hammer to Your Face, subscribe to us on iTunes, add our RSS feed to your reader, and follow us on Twitter at facehammer underscore. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to give us some feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.